0: Powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew State Studios in California, it's episode 248 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Mickey Pegg of All Saints Cigars for this World Series edition. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Delos Race introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Celez Seles is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Celez carries a blend of Cuyo Lore and Piloto Cubano wrapped in a selected ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez And by Podomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sungrown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon-balanced wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrels, Perdomo Lot 23 Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we will mention Aganorsa Leaf, and we are still highlighting this month on the Agonorsa experience. Uh, Aganorsa's uh, use of validation as part of its business process and its cigar making process. Uh, you can go and click on the cigar sidebar, go to the agonorsa experience. Uh, that will take you to the Aganorsa, uh Leaf YouTube page and uh Leaf vice president Terrence Riley will take you through how Agonor uses validation from their day-to-day operations. Um, you can go again to cigar hyphencoup.com and click on that sidebar. And of course, you can visit Agonor Leaf at ww.agonorsaleaf.com. And finally by Drew Estate, check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on, at Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplematt.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California studios for the Primetime show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime episode 248. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Uh, this is Will Cooper. I'm here on the uh, in the Podombo Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined cross-country by my friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How
1: you doing tonight, Will?
0: Well, uh, again, I apologize to everyone for... Uh, we had a show. We didn't expect to have a show uh, during the World Series, but Mother Nature had other ideas this week. So, uh, yep. Um, and uh, it's we'll be following the game tonight for sure, uh, as far as that goes. But I'm doing okay. Uh, it was actually a good week otherwise for me, so I can't really complain. Um, good. Actually, some good things happened this week, so... Um, I'm happy about that, so uh, you know, except for last night, which we're going to get into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> last night was the bummer. Um, here, um, but you know, hey, Aaron, let's bring it, let's bring him right in because we'll get into the preamble here. And uh, yeah. uh, it turned out that we scheduled this guy to be on the show tonight. Um, and this is, I think, the Phillies were still, I don't think they had gotten to the LCS yet. Um, when, when he was booked, maybe the beginning of the LCS, but certainly there was no World Series game scheduled tonight. Um, and it turns out not only did he, did he agree to do the show on a uh, night where his beloved Eagles are playing, but uh, his beloved Phillies are playing uh, and he showed up in full uniform tonight. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, Mickey Pegg of All Saints Cigars. Mickey, welcome back. And uh, like I said, it, you know, we could not have a better guest for tonight. I can tell you that. Uh, but I apologize if this is keeping you away from the game for sure.
2: Uh, no worries. No worries. Thanks for having me. This is uh, it's always a treat to be on the show. So. No,
0: no problem. Now I have the same Phillies jersey, but I have put it up in the closet because every time I wore it on a show, um, they would lose games. I mean, it was like, it was really bad. Right. And then when they went, they, they had a little bit of a slump in, um, but right before the slump, right before they fired Girardi. And I said, I'm not wearing it the rest of the season. my Harper jersey. So it's sitting up there right now. Um, but I will at some point uh, hopefully, uh, it will return. Oh, you removed it. No, you didn't have to remove it. <laughs> I don't. You're different. I'm the jinx, not you.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I I definitely have that 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 uh that situation too sometimes. Yeah.
0: Um. No. It's it, and and what's even funnier about this, and Aaron knows this. Um, when the games start in the playoffs, I go underground. Like you can't yeah. get hold of me. Right. I like I don't talk about the games in the middle of the games. I, I'm I'm a karma guy. I'm really pissed they're wearing the powder blues tonight because last time they wore it in the playoffs they lost. So it's um you know, it's those things drive me crazy. Um and I'm just a cre oh, oh okay. Uh a little distraction there. It looked like a bad hit. It wasn't. Uh but no, so I'm a karma guy, so things happen, but um but like I said, we got a Philadelphia guy on tonight and uh so Aaron's gonna be in the minority tonight, but he's gonna have his chance to to, to basically break my balls in a second here. All right. So we, we have to get this out of the way, Mickey. Yeah. Uh and, and gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna turn over to Aaron. Uh last night was as bad as it got. I just gotta say it was a disaster.
1: It's the worst team performance in the World Series. Ever. You can't argue you can't argue it.
2: It's almost worse than the night before, uh, by Houston, because Last night was just pure pitching and bad and no hitting. The yeah. night before, they, they they caught a tick, you know, in the pitcher. You know? yeah. They caught a give and they ran with it. And they've done a pretty good job of that with certain pitchers throughout the season, uh, where we've had big leads early in the game because they they were able to pick off a, a certain pitcher, and, and then you know didn't really play baseball for the rest of, you know rest of yeah. the game, and then we. You know, I had, had these freakish rallies, you know, from the wild card on. So uh, that's what makes me a little bit nervous about tonight. It's a, it's a one run game, but it uh, looks like they've showed up and Verlander was in the 80 pitches by the time I, I looked away. So no, yeah. no, no wonder uh, Kate uh, Upton married him. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're at the top of the six right now. And uh, I, like I was just saying to Aaron before the game, um, possibly dusty could make a boneheaded move like pull pull Verlander out. And that might turn the momentum a bit. So, you know, we'll have to see on that, but I agree, Aaron, it was the, you know, as bad as I said, how the Yankees played against the Astros and they played Mm -hmm. bad. They still got some hits. I mean, it was, it was, it was, I, you know, it was, it was, just it was depressing to watch it. I mean, it was just, but I can't argue with you on that. It was, it was the, uh, it was the worst performance, and and I'm not going to use the excuse that, hey, we're the first three, third-place team in the world. That's not an excuse. you, you, yeah. you got to get hits.
1: So right. I didn't get a chance to watch actually watch the game last night. Did, did anybody attempt a bunt? From the Phillies? Uh, yes, yeah. to try to break this thing up and get the rally going. Yeah. No, See, and, that, and there, I think you're this, right. This is the problem. It, there There are no rules in the World Series. There are yep. definitely no unwritten rules in the World Series. At this point, you have to break up that no hitter because I, with this Phillies team, I feel like it's like s- these little things that can turn the things around for them and they can get all excited about and they can then rally off of. If someone could just get on base in that game, I think that does it. Like I just felt, I feel like, you know, going that far, you just, they just feel like they're kind of out of it at that point. I know they got to walk in the ninth inning or whatever it was, but uh, I just think somebody needed a, drop down a bunt or something I, to get I, something I, going i'm trying
0: to remember if there was a bunt um i think houston had one i, I that's what i'm thinking yeah i don't remember a phillies one um that said, it, it, yeah i i can't disagree on that and it's just like bunting's become a lost art for sure
1: yes
2: well i've seen more bunts in the postseason than i really have seen in a long time but not, not well executed bunts now
0: no yeah. no no uh definitely not um you know, so I, 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 said, I, I'm not, you know, I got, I got to say this. So Aaron knows I've been for most of this, right? Hey, I'm happy to be here. Wow. I didn't expect to get this far, but <laughs> well, when you're up 2 one in the world series for me to say, now I wouldn't be disappointed if they lost, I'd be lying. I, there's no yeah. way I can say that. Um, and, uh, I thought last night was worse than Joe Carter. In my opinion, that was, that was how bad that was last night. <laughs> Cause I was worried we, we wouldn't come back off that that it was such the Astros came in and just totally shut us down. They shut down, you know, they did what they needed to do. It was a must win game for them. And, and they shut us down. And they're look, they're a historically good team. I mean, if they win the world series, they're one of the better teams. I think this is the best Astros team I've seen on their run over the years.
2: Well, it's like even this game right now, it's like, let's just get out. of the, Let's just get out of the top of the inning. Yeah. And we squeeze out of the top of the inning and then we go in and, you yeah, know, six pitches later, where you know it seems like uh, yeah, you know, well, we're back to the top of another inning. So it's like right now they got first and second with two, with one strike and two outs. Just yeah, I might be on a time delay. What I'm looking at right now, but it's like
0: oh, uh, we're pretty it. close. We're pretty are pretty close.
2: Yeah, let's just get on let's get on the top of this inning. So that means that we got three innings to we got three innings to score and three innings to play defense and pitch. You know, so that, I don't know.
0: yeah. Do, do you guys think the uh, the manager, Thompson, made a mistake starting Thor tonight and he should have maybe gone to Noah?
1: I don't think so. I think you got to kind of stick with these guys. To I the, agree. I thought it
0: was the, the right schedule. call as well. I, I heard some arguing on that. Um, They,
2: they pulled Thor out for three, right? And then they yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. he wasn't bad. He, he
1: didn't pitch bad. I
2: mean, the you know the,
1: the – the,
0: but two runs, but that was it. I think,
1: I think not starting Thor in the NLCS was the bigger mistake. But I think that got, was a big. He, he got dug out of that hole, you know. Yeah, I think Thompson owed him to give him that World Series start, too. But he, if he started on then, I think that would have helped it out, him out tonight, like it would have kept him on that, like, yeah, that regular kind of a schedule type of thing yeah. rather than having to come in as a reliever. Yeah, and then now he gets his first start, and you put him in first start in the World Series, yeah. and then it's you know, yeah, yeah. So, Aaron,
0: you, we, and I talked this morning on this, and you were very, um, how can I put it? Aaron has no sympathy, right? <laughs> if you think Aaron's heart <laughs> yeah, he's, nothing. No, no, no he, he is heartless, right? But Aaron made a That's point. Long, I disagreed. Butter. I disagreed with him on this point. Now he felt not enough was being said about this being an absolutely miserable, um. Experience like like the media wasn't. I I argued. I listened to WIP to, last night and this morning, and it was bad. So, uh
1: yeah, you Aaron, know, it's, you're, you're it's yeah. you know it. I feel that it's the worst. Like it's the worst game a team has ever played in the World Series, and this is this is the sport that has the you know the longest history around. So it's like you know you could say, oh, you didn't get to see the 1926 World Series because you weren't alive then. Like the, how great it was. Like you're you're alive now, and you've just witnessed the worst team
0: in the history of the world Zero. ever. Yeah.
1: And you don't get to say that very often, right? Like you got to see the worst or the best of anything. Right. But it's just, it, but it just, it's the way it is now. It's like people can't realize that, or, you know, the sports talk people are every game that you lose is the worst game ever. Right. They'll, they'll just let it, let you have it every every day. Right. But like, this is really the, the worst. this is really the worst. Like people use words, uh, you know, when they don't have the appropriate meaning at times They you know, they just want to go, Completely to eleven or completely to negative one on the scales, but like that was the worst. That was the worst game ever by a team in the World Series, and it's just like it, it gets bypassed by people by some people. So I understand non-sports people don't really care, but it's like um, when you see something at such a you know crazy scenario, um, like I don't know if anybody is a racing fan, but if you watch the NASCAR race on uh, Sunday you would have seen something that was that crazy that happened um, that you had never seen before. So uh, things like that, when the, like you still see like the best of things and the worst of things that at our time that yeah. hadn't happened before, it's pretty interesting.
0: I uh, so Mickey, just so you know, I still like for years, I still will watch. Um, I still will watch K Y W news. Like for years I, I get the stream here. Yeah. yeah. So I still watch the six and that's the local uh, CBS affiliate for um, the uh, so Philadelphia. A- yeah.
2: And just, so you know, so it's like, A- yeah, also now on FM, too. One of yeah.
0: Three. Yep. Yep. So uh, I just was watching it tonight because I wanted to see what the local news reaction was going to be with that. And it was like Aaron, you would have just been all over these guys. We'll get them tonight. <laughs> Tough loss. I, I said, "Thank God, Aaron didn't see this." throwing <laughs> something at Yuki Washington and a little <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, well, we'll get them tonight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the <whole bad> boy." <laughs> but, but but meanwhile, on, on WIP is like Thompson's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the complete opposite on there. Yeah.
1: So Can you fire a manager in the middle of the World Series. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, and I was just saying, like, and Nikki, you notice, it's hot or cold in Philadelphia. There's no lukewarm temperature. Uh yeah. You know, yeah. Uh with the with the hardcore fans, I'll just say when it comes to sports radio. So uh um the other thing that came up, and I, I just was kind of curious, Mickey, what your opinion. I know, Aaron, what your opinion is going to be on this because cool. I think we agree. Uh, there was talk, hey, maybe give the Phillies a parade. They they had a run. I say absolutely no parade. No you, 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 You have to. That's that's the right of pet You have to win it. There's there's nothing said, else.
2: It's a participation trophy.
0: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It, there's no, you know, and I, I, I was <laughs> If
2: you're in a bowl game, this, and this is what cracks me up. If you're in a bowl game, or you're the NSC runner-up or the Super Bowl runner-up, you get rings. You know, they don't have yeah. – but it's like, why? You know? Yeah. There's there's few sports where, like, I think medals should be awarded for first, second, and third, like rowing. And that's just because my daughters row. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I mean, those are sports that deserve, you know, whatever. You know, so – and they – you know, those are one of the few sports – uh there's a couple of them out there too i guess maybe gymnastics or swimming well people have if you're into that sport people might remember who came in second you know they might remember but those are sports you're either into that sport or you're not you're you might be a casual watcher of those sports around the olympics and stuff like that but like i know on the river everybody knows who the top three rowing boats are Mm -hmm. and swimming pools stuff like that but lacrosse and you know team sports it's either you win or you didn't win so yeah
0: yeah. no I agree you know the one exception I'll make and I don't think they didn't get a parade nor should they but the 93 Phillies team that was the most fun team I ever watched that team from came out of the gate wire to wire they beat the Braves and then they gave the Blue Jays Blue Jays were really good that year that was but I no parade, but I that's still one of my favorite baseball seasons I went through.
2: Yeah, They're coming off an airplane, coming home, a warm reception at the airport. I think is, is yeah,
0: is, standing uh, ovation if they come back a few years later. Yeah, I have no problem.
2: If they're at home and they've lost the series or whatever, do you want to go over and wait for them to get out of their showers and stuff yep. like that? They're driving away. Yeah, absolutely. Give them that kind of warm reception, but you don't have a parade. You
0: know? No, no,
2: no, definitely not. Talk about a parade. The last time somebody really talked about a parade preemptively we freaking beat them in the uh, Super Bowl. You may, I,
0: remember. I remember that too. Yeah, we I remember that too.
2: about the parade route and where to be and people yeah. were uh, and then we won the Super Bowl. So
0: uh, uh I I Mickey I was living in the area when they were talking about giving Smarty Jones a parade if you won the Triple Crown. I remember there was talk about that. I'm like Smarty Jones a horse.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> in Philly, yeah, if you won the Triple Crown. Yeah. Just,
0: like, they had not won for like forever, right? No teams had won forever, so it was like Smarty Jones was the first since the Sixers, right? That had a chance to do anything. And they were talking about a parade for a horse. I was like, <laughs> I said, what are you going to do? They're not going to bring a horse to Philadelphia. I mean, it's just, they're not going to do that, right? Because they're going to get ready to, to uh, you know, basically syndicate him out. So, you know.
2: Put a carriage around him and take him around the boat. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> they're going to get him a nail or something in his toe or something, like, you know, his foot, rather. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, just before we kind of get into some other stuff, uh, cause we did, we're going to talk cigars, uh, Eagles are up 21, 17 with the ball right now. So, uh, I can't see where it is on the, on the field right now. Um, it looks like it is it's, um, uh, the
2: Eagles are on Eagles. 30 something on their side of the field. Charge. 37.
0: It looks like the 37
2: in charge. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's the end of the third. So we're waiting for the fourth.
0: Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on the Eagles right now? I mean, obviously, I don't remember an Eagles team undefeated this long. I remember a Jaworski team went 6-0 and once uh, when I was younger. But, yeah.
2: Somebody, no, I wasn't paying attention. You know, when it gets to the stats, I have a hard time keeping up with them. Um, a, because I can't remember them. Yep. So, even when I was a young kid and I watched everything. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a good run for the birds, too. And there's a lot, there's a lot of football left, though, too. Yep.
0: Yep, that's uh, for the, sure.
2: For sure. You got a lot of other things to deal with. Uh you know, it, it's the NFL, you know. Yeah.
0: Could could you picture if this game was at the link though tonight?
2: It's a wild card. So yeah.
0: A, yeah. If this game was at the link tonight, it would have been insane down downtown.
2: Yeah, you know, they talk about like down the same day, then they correct themselves on a World Series because I remember when I first moved back to Philly after I left CIO. Uh, we had a su- Sunday, bloody Sunday, where it was October, and there was an Eagles game against the New York team, a basketball game, and I think a baseball game against the New York team. And if you know, they all play around in that same area. Yeah, and uh, and guys are so excited for a full day of sports, but they're all passed out by like yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, so- it's one of the few areas in any city where you can walk to all four, all the arenas where the four major teams play. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I don't, I don't know if there's others that close that I can think of.
2: Well, you know, it's funny because tailgating for the Eagles, whether it's a one o'clock game for four, four 30 game or eight o'clock game, they start, they start tailgating at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, and they and their drinking just keeps going, so it's like you know you don't even want to take your kid yeah. to like an eight o'clock
0: game for sure. I went to Wing Bowl one year.
2: I went a couple years, yeah. And
0: it, I went to the midnight tailgate,
2: and uh
0: it was insane. Yeah. And I've been the Eagles tailgates, and this was everything like an Eagles tailgate. I mean, this thing went; it was all night drinking, and then everyone's like half drunk going into this arena to watch people eat chicken wings. You know, Aaron, <laughs> it's okay. a, it's a full arena they're going into the like
2: it smells be... like a buffalo wing shop. yeah too. yeah
0: yeah. yeah yeah exactly it, it's it used to be the spectrum then they moved it to the to uh what was the wells fargo, the so wells fargo. The wells... yeah so it, they would fill this arena up it was it was on un... the city would just basically give the arena a... like it was free to get into this thing hmm. and then what happened is uh the uh it was a radio station sponsoring it, and they basically W-I- WIP WIP, and I think there was a liability issue to get worried about. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think there was some cancel culture to too it. with
2: that. I to it anymore. When yeah, when I went, it was I was selling mutual funds, and I, and it was actually we had the Lincoln Suite, and we were picking up. Me and a couple of the wholesalers were literally picking up our our customers, our financial advisors at 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't get home until. Midnight that night because after that we all Went up to that casino king of Prussia. Oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah What what was this you know She grew up around here You know I'm Philly by adoption so I was like
0: like, I lived in the area 14 years so I was kind of adopted as well Um, But yeah it was um, You know and I never Like I said I never Growing in New York there's not base. It was more of a baseball town than a football Town it it was I mean because by oh, because at the time the Giants and Jets were bad for a while, Philadelphia it's Eagles and then everyone else is second unless they're in the finals, like like this year, right? Yeah, oh, uh, so so yeah. So, um, just to kind of say what I lit up tonight, uh, I lit up the St. Francis Huge because I need St. Francis tonight to help he, out. He
2: yeah, I'm actually smoking
0: and I need him to go, I need them to come Rangers. huge.
2: This is one of the original, one of the first ones rolled. So it doesn't even have a a regular trade band on it yet. So,
0: Oh, wow. Um, But, Mickey, uh, um, ironically, two days ago was All Saints Day. Yeah. uh, And that was the third anniversary of your company.
2: Yes, it was. Um, We actually declared uh, November 1st was on your show. I don't know if you remember. Yes. You asked the question uh, when the contracts were finally done. Yep. Because me and Frank had had money in escrow. And uh, and I was like, I couldn't remember. Like, you signed the contracts like late October or something. I'm saying the date. And my wife was in the other room watching. She comes yelling at me, you dumbass. November <laughs> 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 1st, take that date. So, yeah, you know, we had plans to try to do a party uh, with all my travel and everything coming up. But we just got kind of kind of got away from us um kind of like our press releases um (laughs) so you know what at this point we decide hey listen let's go for our 50th anniversary and you know have some kind of party then and really celebrate it and also now we're getting in a better rhythm with the factories because now we can go i can go spend time down there again to get stuff so we can have stuff at certain launch dates you know so there's stuff that we wanted to get in country by uh and ship on the first but we couldn't get it in so we're still waiting on that coming in uh we we and we got a little behind on containers uh with the hurricane just because they weren't sending them out because they didn't know where the you know where the hurricane was going or where it ended up but uh we have another container coming in we have a couple back order situations but nothing nothing that a couple weeks won't solve so
0: right 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 um it's uh and the hurricane hit. The hurricane hit Nicaragua. Yeah, the hurricane did hit Nicaragua, or to well, go north.
2: Well, the one where they held the containers actually hit Miami. So, uh, didn't hit Nicaragua. Went okay. C- there was
0: one that went north. I think. I think there was one that went north yeah. to Nicaragua.
2: Yeah. So the one, I, the one I'm talking about was, and we got caught up with that is.
0: Um, well, the- you're on the Gulf Coast. You're on the Gulf Coast. Your warehouse. Right, right.
2: now, that warehouse on that hurricane. Uh, right. Oh, to- this was
0: another hurricane. This wasn't the. Uh,
2: no, the one a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So, and most of the fact, most of the warehouses in the South down there shut down. Uh, so my stuff ships out of a different location. It, it comes into port call and uh, Miami comes into Rocky and then it goes over to La and La that does all our fulfillment and uh, La Polina didn't really, they didn't have any issues to the warehouse where they had issues where people had to take care of their own houses and take care of their mom's houses and take in and, and Rocky had that a little bit with his warehouse. I was talking to Nimish the whole time. And listen, if Nimish was on the line helping pack up boxes, they were really short staffs.
0: Right. <laughs> no, so we, we, we were supposed to have it on KMA and that was the weekend of the hurricane. Um, um, that was the weekend you were in Charlotte and I was not doing we had no KMA that weekend we had to cancel it. Um, and that's how I was able to meet you, like at that time, because that right, was right, right. around when, when all this happened. Right. Yep. Yeah, so, so yeah. We, no.
2: And I drove home.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he drove home. That's right. And then you, hey, and then he messages me from home. You made record time. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, I got,
2: ended up jumping on your show at the end of that night. Right. Right.
0: Right. I wound uh,
2: up in the drive, and I started having cocktails, and I was up till like one o'clock in the morning talking to somebody I don't know. <laughs> and, Talking to Dan Thompson at one point, talking to uh, uh, Matt, talking to you—it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, it was good. Uh, but since we've had you on, yeah. um, you've had a, you've had some you you added some big you have added a couple of two new lines to to the portfolio. Yeah, or new blends. Um, to the dedication, you added the Habano, right? The Colorado, uh, the Colorado went to the St. Francis line, right? Now, go ahead. So no, go ahead. I was going to say, so there was a little confusion with the naming, yeah. and you know, in terms of you, you, ended up. I think the original they were going to be offshoots of those brands, and then yeah. you ended up changing them to standalone brands. So talk about what, went it, why do why some of that naming uh, reconfiguration you did?
2: Well, so here's what it, what it was. It just got too confusing. So, it, so if you take the collar. Both the Colorado and Habano have different wrappers than their, their brother's cigar, right? Or right. Cigar. But also the percentages on the inside are different. That's why. So if I tell you condega is going to give you salt or is gonna give you sweet, that's it is what it is, right? That's what that region yields. Mm-hmm. Um like when I have to get descriptions like salted caramel and stuff like that, uh mm-hmm. and that's not that I'm against it, but it's just all Listen, we need stuff for our muscle, our muscle memory, right? For the flavor wheel. But everybody yeah. has interpretation, you know, peanut butter or whatever it is. And um, so where they're similar is the insides are the same. Mm-hmm. The binders are exactly the way I did the binders. On uh, Matter of fact, the binders are the same on all four cigars. So, um, you know, the percentage are different in the architecture. So that's why, like, if you smoke on average, on strength, I give the St. Francis a 6.5. The reason I give it a 6.5, that's that's the, on strength, that's the feedback that I get on a consistent basis. Am I putting that into a data bank and doing an algorithm or any kind of data sort like that? No. But in my mind, that's what I'm getting back. You know. Um, and on the Colorado, I'm getting a 4.5. And I think you get a lot on the retro hill on the Colorado, but you know, from, uh, I think you get a lot of body, get a lot of flavor, but, you know, from a strength, it's not up there like the, the regular St. Francis. Yeah. So, and then also, the one of you know, me and Frank are going down early December there's a lot of packaging issues that we need to clean up. There's mixing of fonts and I, it it got biased because, you know, we just didn't babysit, babysit almost those last micro steps that we thought were done. And then also the size of the fonts and where some of that stuff's located. So I mm-hmm that confusion well the formal name like our formal name is all Saints fine cigars we but we trade as all Saints cigars right well it will it be technically this the Saint Francis uh, Colorado yes but we refer to it as the Colorado and the Havana right so, and then we'll you know we're fixing some of that packaging so that that lessens that confusion
0: got it got it um got it so um so yeah four core lines you've had. Um, let me, let me just jump my question here for a second. I want to jump this. So, I, cause Mickey just mentioned it. So this is a new question I'm starting to ask guests, Mickey. Okay. <laughs> I mean, think it, it started last <laughs> week. So you're, you're, the, you're the victim of this question. Okay. And it's not meant to be an offensive question at all, but, but here it is. You, you know, cause you, you work hands on with these things, right? So yeah. I want, I want you to kind of say, who, I want to say want, in terms of your role in the blending, OK, yeah. I'm going to give you four choices and you tell me which of these four choices you are in here. Are you the master blender? Are you the lead blender? Are you a contributing blender or are you just an evaluator? Oh, lead blender. OK, so you're the lead blender. So how would you define a lead blender? Because this is a term I was starting to use last week for people who are very hands on is what I'm saying.
2: I think anybody that's not a master blender. and There's very few master blenders out uh-huh. there. uh, to be a master blender, you got to be down in the factories and touching that tobacco or have a facility set up yep, and you're, yep. you're touching that tobacco all the time. I mean, you yep. have to, mm-hmm. so my role is a lead blender. Yeah. Do I get like, if you t- say the Solomante Yeah. do I say I have the lead blender on it? I, 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 I was an observer at the end. I uh-huh. know to get to, and then right. kept, kept putting stuff in front of me and that was it. And then it was an accident. We did that in 2017. Thought we were going to do it on 18. Forgot about it. Got down Take that to market. Uh, no, like, uh, I, I work with Gerber a little bit more than, mm-hmm. uh, Mika and, you know, Gerber will say, Mickey, we might have a combustion issue there. I'm like, all right, so let's bring this out. What do you think we should put in there for this situation? He'll say this. And right, yeah, so absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm the lead blender, I would say and okay. Frank is getting to a point where he, uh, is contributing mm-hmm. thoughts on what he likes. So right Matter of fact, it was him. I wanted to do the Colorado inside. Sorry. With with the Oscuro wrapper. Yeah. He said, no, 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 no. This is it. You know, that famous thing I talk about. Like, you put the same amount of commas into this. Let's go, though. I learned back in my old days if somebody's really passionate about something, you know, you run with it. And then we got panned by Charlie. um, And that went fine. And then, you know. (laughs) That's just Charlie. And then we got a lot of, but we got a lot of top 10s, number two, number ones, top 20, top 25. I think we were 22 with you, maybe 21. Yep. 22. Uh, uh, you know, that kind of scenario. So, uh, yeah, it's, when you see a consistency of being along, you know, a bunch of other, you know, rating systems where they're on the radar, it makes you closer to get into that situation. So, yeah. Uh, like when I hear, you uh, Master blender, and I don't see the guy down the factories, yeah. Well, that's (laughs) right, or hear that he's down there, whatever. I go, How now? There's a couple guys I know that spend a lot of time in the United States, I think are a master blender, so you know, I'd say Hector is, you know, uh, but
0: Hector says he's not. Hector actually didn't, he would probably say more lead blenders, who he would say, yeah, and that's where this conversation started, just so you know, with Hector.
2: Yeah, well, I might have listened to that show or not, but I can't remember. I listen to a lot of shows, especially when I'm I'm back from Charlotte.
0: Yeah. Uh, But I've been
2: around that smoke detector stuff and and listened to him and talk. You know, I think uh, I I would say Pete probably is as well. You know, so I think Pete's brought a lot of uh, energy to that factory as well, as well as to all of Nicaragua. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he calls himself uh, he calls
2: himself a cigar designer,
0: Pete. That's what he
2: called well, I, li- I like designer too because you know there's architecture that's involved too. Because there's some architectural things that I do, uh, that I learned in another country and I brought it back basically Dominican architecture in some of the, the things that I do. So, yeah. not to go into the depth, but it gets like, uh, like the architecture between you know the the, the brother brands or whatever you want to call it are, are, are very different. You,
0: um, so the, you're making yourself a Tabacusa, which is an Esteli. Right. Is it still that same small factory downtown? I mean it's a literally a very small factory. When, when well,
2: I, I was that makes a hell
0: of a cheeseburger,
2: brother. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> it's really uh I was I was amazed uh what they get out of that factory when I when I went there.
2: Well, there's a lot of talent in there. And you know, all of you know, also, you know, there's not a lot of rolling schools down there, or they keep them in. That that was a place that they would teach people how to roll, and they would get picked off. Um, what what has happened is uh, a lot of um, the pay the pay schedules have changed down there, so people are, are you know so Tabacusa is retaining a lot of their torch doors and their rollers now. So
0: yeah, yeah, it, it, I thought, and I, 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 in my opinion, they've had a very good run in the last couple of years.
2: Well, they did. So that receiving dock is there that they're using that area. They're waiting to expand out. Uh, matter of fact, I'm trying to get in touch with uh, Rock because I don't talk to Rocky about blending at all. I, like when I talk to Rocky, I talk to Nimish more. I see Nish more on the road. Uh, I don't talk much to Hamlin anymore. He's gone. I, I've always we talked to Sean Bustler, uh, you know, so. You know, from that standpoint, uh, you know, I want to talk to Rocky about like getting our own aging room so we could do some or some of our own aging process because we do share the same rooms as uh all the other stuff they do in that factory.
0: Yeah. The uh the, the Saint Francis uses the San Andreas, right?
2: No, St. Francis is Oscar.
0: Okay.
2: Dedication uses the San Andreas. I meant
0: I meant yes, I meant dedication. I'm sorry, yes. yeah. Uh it's my age. Um the uh or,
2: or the mustache.
0: Or the mustache, right? Uh, What is your I mean what's your opinion On like Here's my opinion on this I think I don't know what Rocky's been doing With that San Andreas Or what he's been getting But I think it's been Actually exceptional The last few years Uh For most of the blends He's come out with I've been really pleased With that wrapper He's been using Or that leaf
2: yeah, Well it's from the Tron family Yeah You know They work it a little bit too in, in pre-industry After it's done So uh They get They get a mature product By the time mm-hmm. they get From the Tron family Yep They also They keep working it They just don't so, you know, it's how whenever you pick up tobacco, no matter what, you know, what your process is, if you're disjointed or not. And we're super disjointed, obviously, because uh, we're, I say we're fake linear because we're only using one. We're only using one factory down there. Uh, but with, with their, with, what they do is if you, you keep working it afterwards. So like, uh, and I, again, like if you look at what Skip's doing, he's, he's doing it so he has more control of the product, you know. Yeah. Every time he makes the purchase of it. And he probably, you know, I don't know, he maybe be able to purchase a little bit earlier, maybe save a couple bucks after he gets into a rhythm and then do the right things that he wants to do with it. So, you know, there's a lot, they say there's a lot, there's a secret sauce, like literally a sauce that happens in pre-industry that Mm -hmm. the, the final stages of fermentation, um, that has, that gives everybody their own little distinct piece. I guess Padron's the most famous for that out of, uh, uh out of of Nicaragua and Uh then you know Placencia is up there too Uh, Oliva definitely has their own uh secret sauce or juice that they use that's part of that that ending period it's constantly being aware of what your tobacco is and where it is in the process until you actually utilize it and put it into a cigar which is important and they take that very seriously at Tapacusa like all like most all the factories do so yeah but, you yeah. know, again, you have to be down there and watch that on a constant basis. You know, so, you know, being the uh, the squeaky wheel, you know, you get the grease. So, yeah. And, and I sometimes I get down there and I'm a little firm and I, you know, uh, but they like the fact that they see me down there. So
0: I, I think that's a good thing, too. It's a good thing as well. Um, it's
2: harder when you're building a brand because I have to be the face, have to go on, help get on a shelf, get brokers, manage distribution. Um the marketing keep up with social media I have a lot of help by a guy named Mike Dove uh, who's helping me behind the scenes he's working with a couple other brands too as, as well as lounges but uh there's a there's a tremendous amount uh, of things that you have to do in any given day you know it's like uh, on Mondays you know I, I get home on a Sunday I like Mondays before I get back out I, I like like for me to call you, you know you not to call me you know
0: right right <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
2: To work out that way but you
0: know no it's good that's good
2: too time management uh, it's, it's time spacing i learned a lot of that when i w- was going back I, I first learned it when i was in grad school working at cao and i was flying in on the weekends you really had to you had to block your time and work your time in you know and you know they took a class they're like listen you guys are older professionals you're coming back and you're doing this weekend program to get your master's you have to make appointments with yourself so it's it's constantly doing that so i i Still try to use that practice to this day, and it helps you from not going completely neurotic and uh, anxious.
0: When when you um, he just got out of a real jam in the ending, just you know, so this was good. Sorry, but um, the uh when you came back in, mm-hmm. like y- you left. The financial world right you didn't kind yeah. of double dip for a while i mean a lot of people will we'll double dip with it but you left and made the commitment to do this no,
2: that, that, that was a big thought and that's what yeah. the that whole announcement was um that you know no november 1st all Saints state 2019 i'm all in this is what i'm gonna do and then you know that container came in in february 2020 and it was like still very excited about that decision and then uh, boom you know covid started <laughs> And yeah. I probably broke every Lexus law there was in, in North America by loading up my car and delivering product to <laughs> consumers, and then running their credit card through the closest retailer. I had about forty retailers that supported me. Right.
0: And so I remember. I, I remember when you were like doing stuff like that. You know, doing, you were on the you, know, could, know, you were on the road thinking,
2: earlier than most people. Or, or I kept saying I didn't want to sell out of the trunk of my car, which I was doing, right. but it was a different context. You know, I, I didn't want to sell direct. I was very adamant that we weren't going to do that. Uh, and even Frank, you know, didn't even bring up that conversation. He was like, it was like, what, what do you think we should do? And I was getting, I was getting reached. People reaching out to me left and right, wanting to support me, friends, friends of friends, whatever. And, uh, that's, that's what we did to kind of muddle through that time. And then I just got in the car and started grinding, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm still doing it. I get to fly a little bit more now than I did before um yeah so i think we just got to 350 accounts so that's very good that's very good for three years
0: and one year shut down with a pandemic
2: yeah yes well well, almost no distribution because remember that so you got to cut out two months from the fact that uh the container didn't come in until the end of february of
0: 2020 so yeah wow wow Good job. That's a good job. Good job with that. Um, you know, another thing that you did, Mickey. Um, and it's I think it was kind of quiet, but you've talked about it. Is you have four core lines, and you worked on really standardizing everything in those core lines, uh, box counts, the sizes. Um, talk a little about that, because because I don't see a lot of companies standardized to the level you standardized with with, with, with the four core lines like that.
2: Yeah, so one of the things we did is if you notice that a lot of the Vitolas are going to become the same name. So all the 6 by 60s we call huge, uh, all the torpedoes we call minor, like the Bishop's hat, the Pope's hat, with the point out, that's our torpedo. Uh Uh, The Vespers, that uh, as soon as I get some pictures and all that stuff, that should have been shipped November 1st, uh, that's a 45 by 44 round. We're, we're calling them Vespers, and it'll be in all four lines, and it'll be the only cigar uh, that we have, and that I know, of where the actual batola name will actually be on the band. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and we're launching those in boxes of twenty-five because we couldn't get the four packs that we wanted done in time. So we'll mm-hmm. launch that mid-year next year mm-hmm. you know, at the show, but we wanted to get out the market because there's been a big response and. I've been doing this fun exercise with people. I'm out of them right now. I got some more coming in, yeah. but like smoke the St. Francis, like a regular St. Francis and then smoke my Vesper right after. And that, that same blend and that same line. And they're like, "Wow, I like this taste of this much better. And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a flavor. it was very
0: good. By the way, I, I smoked the ones you gave me the unbanded ones and they were very good.
2: And if you did the, I think I talked to you about that exercise and we've been having a lot of fun with it. You got, I think you got you, you and, uh, I can't remember, maybe Eric got the last of those. So, um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, and so what happened was, is we launched that first line. Take the Solamente, that was an accident, and, you know, and it was 10 over 10, so the dedication. Right. I should really start having boxes next to me when, you know, I do these calls. <laughs> uh, I'm actually working in a different place right now. I'm actually working in my den and not the studio. Right. We get Wi-Fi out there. So that's a 10 over 10 cigar. So it's 10 cigars over 10. Right. That's the size that every retailer bitches about. Right, <laughs> we came out of the st Francis and we did a cabinet a 20 count box. And Mickey, everybody's like, Mickey, like, especially those 40 guys, like well, we're gonna carry everything, but uh, you, you brag about how you came from retail, you make sure that these boxes are retail friendly. So, thought about it and a little play like, how do we do like a 10 count box? And I'm like, oh well, let's do 12 count, it's a little bit more than 10. It'll be like shelf-friendly. It'll also be event-friendly. Uh-huh. So the cabinet-style, 12-count box. So now I'm capturing more SKUs and less space. In the yeah. And there's been a lot of cases where the retailer really didn't understand that when I'm having that conversation with them. And they said, well, I got to face somebody out before I bring you in, which – you have a 20% chance of that, of your stuff, your product, making it in at that point.
0: Right. Right. Exactly.
2: That retailer right there and and they take an order, you know, the percentage of of getting on the shelf is exponentially goes down. And that means that's going to require another visit, which is fine anyways, because you want to show them a propensity that you're going to come in and support that brand. So we went to that 12 count and the response and people have said, you know what, I'll bring it in right now do this, you know, you know, I'm going to turn your dedication. I'm going to turn it on the side. I'm going to rip the top off. I'm like, I know we hate doing it, but that's, that's the reality of retail. So, um, so that, you know, there's three things. Those are probably the three biggest things is, is the box count and uh, how they present it and giving uniformity in our Portola names.
0: Yeah. You know, I, uh, there's almost like a religious war in the cigar industry about cabinet versus non-cabinet boxes. Right. I'll talk to some people, and they're they're totally in favor of uh, cabinets, and other ones that uh, they don't want to have anything to do with cabinet boxes. It's kind of interesting. What? Where, where,
2: what? Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, well, the response I get is, uh, "We we love." I'm sorry,
0: cabinet. no industry. I'm sorry, you said we don't- No, the industry people in terms of how they package it. There are some industry All people right. that that are dead set against cabinet boxes.
2: Oh yeah, like Sokka. I mean look, we just yeah,
0: in fact this just came up with
2: Bear when I was doing a show with Sokka. That's where this came from. Yeah, I mean, because they, I asked Soccer about t- cabinet boxes. Yeah, there's a belief that they're they're gonna leave money on the table. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Uh but you know, he does different he does he does different box counts, but he also has a scar that's a little bit uh a little bit higher than my price range and they sell. So Yeah.
0: You know, you know It's interesting, Mickey. You know I don't know if you know Scott Weeks at all. Yeah. So Scott Weeks, when he his was a broker, was one of
2: the greatest mentors I ever had. His
0: father was like a wealth of knowledge too. Yeah. yeah, really, Nick. But Scott, you know, for a while was a broker in the southeast, and he uh, he was a like a killer sales guy. I mean, this guy we used to call him Monty Hall when he come into events because yeah. we'd always make deals with him beyond the event, right? And he would, you know, we we do massive buying when he was there. Right. And but Scott was like hated ten count boxes. He's like, I can sell the twenty count box. Don't make the ten count box because I could get you the twenty count box sale. And he was emphatic about that.
2: Yeah, well, he he grew up in the industry at a different time too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's adapting. Sometimes, you know, I think. Uh, sorry, I was making myself another diet coke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the official drink. You, you have to apologize for ever having a diet coke or snapping oh. one. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, I'm kidding. Uh, it's. <laughs> No. So, you know, one of the blessings being out of the industry for a little bit, you know, for, for a minute, some people uh-huh. will say is you really get to put your, um, your observant eyes back on and your, your consumer eyes on and the other eyes. And that's what I love about Frank, my partner. Uh, he still has a lot of that consumer ask that he brings to the table. So, um, there's so much competition out there with great cigars, with great enthusiasm, with great branding, that you got to find these little inches and these millimeters to make a difference. You know, you're talking about baseball and you know, we're talking about football where, you know, a tenth of a second, I was in the financial award, a basis point, which is one percent of one percent. Those those count. So you know, it's like, uh, God, I played Division three football in college and I was obsessed with films because I was, a, you know, I'm a big guy and right. I didn't go Division one, So how do you make yourself faster, right? You watch films. So you're looking for that little half second that gives you, that can, you know, result in a, a second or two seconds, you know, in, in a play, in an average of a six-second play, right? So <clears throat> that's what I'm looking at right now. So how do we make these little differences that count? And you have to have a quality product and quality branding on top of that. So yeah. Uh, and, and a consistent basis. So yeah, now we're worried about consistency only because that that's something we should be worried about. You know, now we we're in our third year. Let's make sure that we keep what we promised uh, consistent. I will tell you that it's funny to go out in the field, East of the Mississippi, East of Chicago. And they're like, dude, you're everywhere. I go to our, our, our accounts. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> you know, I will take that perception one hundred percent, but let's maximize it. And I think that's why yep. I travel so hard. So yeah, hey, I I do enjoy it at the end of the day. Sometimes it's hard to get on that airplane or, you know, uh, you know, put it in reverse to get out of the driveway. But once you get going and you know do what you're doing, it's uh it's exciting. So, um, and I think that's why we're paying a lot of attention to that packaging because it is competitive. You know, when you know when I was at CAO we were there was nobody around us i mean rocky i think we might even be selling more rocky at one point you know uh i, I can't remember you know rocky now is you know 25 million cigars 27 million cigars so um yeah you know we just gotta we've got to pay attention to that because it's still it's harder today than it's ever been to get on a self-space
0: no it's a uh, it's true we're
2: retailers but yeah, even it's more retailers. There's The, the space is still it, it space is the space, you know, so
0: I mean, I, I see I, I don't know. I know guys like Abe. Right. I know some of my local guys here and I see the uh, the competition when these guys come in and guys like you who are newer guys, still, even though, you know, you've been in the industry for a while you have a newer brand to get that shelf space. It, it is a it is a hard effort sometimes.
2: Yeah, it was it was it, it was easier to get into Abe's warehouse than it was to get on a shelf. So Right,
0: right. It's the truth. I mean, this cigar is something it's funny because when I go down there, he's got stuff in the warehouse that's not on the shelves. And he's like, I remember I went in to try to buy something and he's like, he sent one of the guys to the warehouse to get it for me.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I should be I should be on the shelves. I was just there and I'm going down in December to do another event down there. But uh Briggsy tells you because know, I talk to Briggsie more about that than I do Abe. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah we talked about my last conversation with Abe was the Great Smoke of 2023, which I think we were the last company to get in. So
0: I heard he's trying to talk you out of the Great Smoke. Is that true? Or he, Abe, tried to...
2: he was supposed to keep that under his hat, but like, yeah, he did. He tried. <laughs>
0: he told me I could ask it. Don't so blame happened. him. You could blame him on that one.
2: <laughs> so, no, no. If I mean, it, uh... if you don't want to keep a secret, tell Abe. Oh, yeah. Abe's. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I'll I'll be on that show on Saturday, and uh, he'll answer every question he asks me.
0: Yeah, he's the head of Hopper. I call him with this is the him, and, uh, him and Jose. Like you want information, that you could get, and Abe will tell you information if he's got it too.
2: Yeah, so uh, I've learned a tremendous amount from Abe, even back in the old days when yeah, was, yeah, when he was just the one shop stop. You know, he was well, the one. Well,
0: you and I met in smoking, and it was it was funny because right before you he, he had been on KMA. I think like a week or two earlier, and you were just right. hanging around there, And Abe, Abe had actually said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta meet Mickey." He's like, you know, and I said, I, "I just I remember him from a long time ago. I think I may have met him once, like at, at the one of the CAO events." But,
2: well, but I uh, you in Charlotte before I was on KMA?
0: That's what it was. You're right. No, correct. I'm sorry. It was in Charlotte. Yes.
2: We trying to remember how we remember each other from the old days.
0: Well, I think I met you at. An event in New Jersey uh with John the Late rep. I, I'm pretty sure that's where I met you. John Pacenda. John Pacenda, yeah. Um I, this was, I, I was in, I was living in New Jersey yeah. still and I just started really getting into CAO. Yeah. So I think that's where I met you. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we had first like, but but then yeah, you know, people come and go and it's like, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I, the name was clicking with me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I used to wear a bow tie and all that stuff. Yeah, so. yep,
0: yep, that that was it. Yep. And it was funny, I went to that event, but I was already living in Charlotte. I was still for like my first year in Charlotte, I was still working in New York for a while in New Jersey. So I was like doing this dual role. So I was up there all the time at that point. So I'd already moved to Charlotte and I, I went to that event. Uh so and I actually I met Tim was the first cigar, like big cigar band I went to in Charlotte. And then I think I went to John's event a few weeks later because I want and I I wanted that poker set, that CAO poker set.
2: Oh, the poker for my- backpack.
0: The poker backpack, which my son I wanted for my son. Like he was just into that and he's got it still. It so. was
2: cool. I just didn't have yeah. enough room for cigars. So, oh no, yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: it was for me, it was impractical, but for him, he was just he was like he was like 12 years old getting into poker at that point. So
2: every now and then I still see one lingering around. So yeah,
0: yeah. It's like I said, don't get rid of those. I said they're like I said, give it back to me if you're just gonna let it go. He's still got it. So so uh um in terms of just some of the sizes we talked about the Vesper, the mitre. So the mitre intrigues me, Mickey, because in this standardized portfolio and in the world today of Robusto, Toro, Gordo, you're putting a you're putting a uh, a Figueroa, a Bellicoso. Um, okay,
2: Bellicoso. Bellicoso.
0: Yeah. yeah, you put a Bellicoso into the into your um into your portfolio, which is kind of I'm not I mean, there's not a lot of companies I see do it and certainly not making it a standard line. So standard, talk about, yeah.
2: That's standard line, standard Batola. Standard Batola,
0: standard correct. It's, right. So well, it's I'm not standard. seeing that a lot. With, maybe I see occasionally someone will extend it with it, but not not to the extent I think you've done. What is, why, why do that is my question.
2: So here I, I love that shape. I do. Uh-huh. I think it's a little sassier. It has, brings a little bit more. Um, and truth be told, they're limited. <laughs> yeah. But I'll make more. They're limited
0: production. They're limited production.
2: Yeah. But I'll make more if I need to. So, right. Mm-hmm. And there's enough runway. We just want to have people, the options, or there's a lot of people, there's enough people out there that want something. Uh-huh. Different. And it's not like we're carrying a tremendous amount of inventory on that. Right. There's a little depth. In when we only have four lines right now, it gives it there. Plus I've always liked that shape, but I will tell you that our next line that's coming out next year, uh, will be three Batolas. It'll, pro- it'll probably be a Robusto Toro and a Gordo. So you're
0: going to break the whole standard model we just talked about.
2: <laughs> no, no, no not, It's not breaking it. We grow into it.
0: You grow into it. Yeah. Okay. That makes some sense.
2: Look at the progression of how all these shapes came to light. We, we grew into it. So Habano, even Habano, the, the Habano and the Colorado, the miters aren't on the street yet. They're coming in with the vest. I know I was
0: asking you about those. That's why
2: <laughs> I, I had one. Yeah. The, I packed, and I was out in um, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, and I was on with Dojo, and I had one, and I gave it to Eric, and Eric smoked it, you know, on the show. But right. For one of the shows I was on, I just had, I go, look at this, and he was smoking it, and I'm like, you got the last one, because we only brought 20 of those into the United States, or, yeah, 40. So they weren't even banded
0: yet. So Yeah, well, it was funny because when you asked me, hey, what do you want to smoke? And I was like, yeah, I want to smoke the Habano on the miter. So they're like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I remember you saying that. Oh, so, I'd uh, I, I, I send it to you. Yeah, no, no, no. You that's...
2: never the last of my, my prototype Vespers.
0: Yeah. So you like this shape. Why Why don't people get into these Bellicosos anymore? Because I like Be- I like a good Bellicoso as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's, it, it is still a torpedo in the fact that it's got kind of thicker and it's got almost got the little Bellicoso nipple on the end. Right. Uh, it was actually inspired from the old PG Bellicoso um, that I used to love to smoke all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a great cigar.
2: Because uh, that's how PG grew, grew his brand. Yeah. Dr. Grimarian would every Sunday, would hang out in Georgetown Tobacco and sit there and talk about his brand. And his cigar was right next to the Davidoff and Hank, he was doing the cigars. So that's when I fell in love with it. You know, matter of fact, when I, when I when I first said to my wife, I love you, I put one of those bands on her finger because it said PG and it was for Pretty Girl and it was red and I love red and I married a redhead. So I was in love with the redhead. Oh, wow. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, stories behind that. But no, we have it in there. It gives a little depth to the price sheet. And, uh, you know, I was a little nervous, you know, with the, the, those, 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 um, more delicate wrappers but uh, they turn out great and they smoke great yeah. uh, you know they're 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 the closest thing to a flavor bomb to the um to the vesper but so the next line will we'll, i'm pretty sure we're going to come out with three batolas
0: right but eventually grow into it which makes sense i mean the other the other size i think you have is really another great size is the churchill size i mean that was awesome in the saint francis
2: yeah Just an awesome you. size yeah seven by 48 in a box press. So everybody goes, is that a lawn stale? I'm like, no, but <laughs> it, you know.
0: well, the box press makes it look really thin. That's why.
2: Well, a box press, they, I think it compresses the flavor a little bit. Uh-huh. can argue with me that all they want, but uh, I get it, you know, both sides, but also I, I just like the way it feels in your mouth. And I love the Churchill. And, you know, we call the Churchill coach in the dedication. And I'm really, we're thinking about this calling all our Churchill's coaches. Cause, churchill was a coach and right right whatever and that's the standard size but um you know i just i just love that and people go what do you blend to and uh it's funny i'm like ah the churchill just to shut them up but, right yeah.
0: you went to the churchill <laughs> yeah 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 yeah
2: we, we, most people blend to a toro which yeah that's
0: cool yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you hit Toro. I get some people were boosted though. I've heard Corona.
2: You know, yeah. my mild cigars. Like, it doesn't change up. I'm like, it's a fucking mild cigar. <laughs> like, right.
0: people, right.
2: With milder cigars don't want. Yeah. you know, they are where they are. That nature. Yeah.
0: Yeah. By the way, I'm really enjoying this huge in in this round format too of the of the St. Francis. This is a, a nice. I like a good sixty.
2: Yeah. So uh, I don't like sixties. You Know it's reminiscent of having a horse stick in your mouth, but right. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, i just had a six by 60 guy, they sell, but I will tell you in the dedication in the St. Francis, they are around and they are a soft uh box press. And yeah.
0: the, uh, in I got, the Colorado, uh, I got the Colorado, yeah, I got the Colorado here in that same size, yeah. yeah. The um, yeah, you know, um, no, it's a it's a it's a like I said, I think it's a, it's a cool size to smoke.
2: You know, um, I was scared to do a six by. I love the flavor profile because uh-huh. it's a smaller cigar. Uh, because you know you lose a little bit something in a six by sixty. No. And, uh, you know it's. Uh, I was really nervous about the Colorado and, and Havana, and I spoke to them and I liked them, and I talked to other sixty smokers, Gordo smokers. Mm-hmm. They liked it, so I ran with it.
0: Yeah. Um, mention the price sheet. So. Mickey, one thing I will just say kind of that you've been very transparent with um compared to most companies is and I'm I'm gonna say thank you, um, is pricing. Okay. So you've made the pricing available to the media. Um at least, you know, well, you, are you
2: made talking about the wholesale or what? Well, you're supposed to give that to yourself. No, yeah. no,
0: no, 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 not the wholesale. The actual yeah. here's, the, here's the problem I struggle with, Mickey. Like you've actually let me publish that you're doing a price increase recently. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first thing you did. But see, the thing I've argued with many companies, is I need their price sheets all the time, right? And it's not because I'm looking like if someone wants me to publish the increase, that's fine. But if I have the price sheet, it's it, it's, it's one of the most asked for things in a, in a review, and it allows me to keep things current. And, you know, there's always a fear of doing it. So I mean, you've been a lot more transparent with your pricing, but you you for a while held off on a price increase, too.
2: Yeah, we did actually. If you remember, you yeah, were, we announced the price increase, and I called you 48 hours later and said, "No,
0: no, oh, yeah, I remember that." That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah,
2: uh, shit, I should do that every time. I got double media press uh, exposure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, you don't want to do that. It's, just, uh, no, it's no. when you when you rescind it. It's it it then it's good that it didn't go out when it went out.
2: Yeah, so we rescinded it. Got out there a little bit, and um, we rescinded it. We we were kind of thought, thinking about it, and just kind of got the field. We're like and you know we didn't finalize our whole budget for the year at that point we're like well we're not spending this money on advertising we're not doing that why why do a price increase if we're at one point we were willing to use x amount of dollars for you know for for advertising or certain marketing pieces that we were going to do why don't we just keep that translate so we can still be like that 10-ish dollar uh, cigar on average and so it was good. And then our price, because I don't think anything was bigger than 3%. So, and some of the prices that we showed you were, were incorporated with the price increase. Uh, there were cigars that weren't at market yet. So,
0: um, yeah. so. no. Uh, by the way, just an update first and third um, in the oh, not good. The Phillies just bungled the ball and another run just scored. Yeah. Three to uh, one game. Right three right. to one game. Yeah. So this is not looking good for the Phillies right now. The crowd has just been silenced, so...
2: Well, we, uh, we
0: yeah, But there's, no, there's only one out. Yeah, there's a runner on second now. So, uh, yeah, that's a big run. So, window's starting to run out there yeah. uh, with that. Um, so, more, more to come for sure with that, but uh, not good news there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, you had to do a price increase um, this year. And... You know, how does it affect a new brand when you have to do a price increase and you're only around three years? I mean, how, how does that? Because that sometimes is, you know, a, I, I just mean, know I from experience the job I'm dealing with this right now.
2: I had to get one pushback at all. But we're yeah. a young brand and mm-hmm. that we were already established with. Right. probably got 75 to 80 accounts after the price increase. So it's not a good litmus test. You know, that's a question you ask me. Year four, year five, maybe year five would I, I could give you a, a true, you know, answer on that. You know, so, um, yeah, our no price increase wasn't that big. And then when you have other companies out there that are doing price increase after price increase after price increase. And we're still in that 10 $11 cigar range. Mm-hmm. People really you know, they're worried about those guys where they're doing their bigger volume, you know, for a younger brand, yeah. you know, I may, I have um, 32 of those 40 original cigar stores that, you know, uh, would have a place to, to say, Hey, listen, you know, price increase. And, you know, a bunch of them said, Hey, let's get one more order in before the price increase. And I said, absolutely not a problem. So, well, that, that window is definitely closed, but yeah, it's, um, that, that'll be a different question, you know, a year from now, two years from now, when we have more established shelf space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. And now with this whole inflation thing, it's going to be very interesting next year what, what the price increases will be like. Did you I mean, did you, you were at the trade show this year and a big talk was these higher price cigars coming into the market, not necessarily increasing the prices, but new companies coming in. Or yeah. existing companies bring introducing very high prices. cigars. I just this week there was a Romeo and Julieta introduced at 1750. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously you're probably sitting there like, this is good for me, right?
2: Well, you're talking about the Julio Well, listen, they got a they got a five dollar cigar That's knocks my dick in the dirt all day long, you know. What
0: I mean? so, <laughs> right, but I see them come out with like Romeo and Julieta has always been a value price brand. Absolutely. I see them come out with a 1750 cigar. I'm like, I kind of looked at that, I'm like, that's interesting.
2: Well, they touched on the uh, they they touched on the higher end for many years, and then you know uh, you know the last ten years that there's been a lot of brand readjustment with those guys. But I, I hear it all the time, even from my close friends, that they buy their their uh, golfing cigars, you know, from one place or another for five six dollars a stick, and it's a freaking solid stick. You know, I mean, so you got both ends of the spectrum launching a new brand. Is absolutely. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the follow up with with that process. So let's take Davidoff, You know, a place that I loved working for, never wanted. Yep. To leave. Uh, just basically, I left because I saw the glass ceiling and I had an opportunity to go do something else. That that brand already was established. They were an established Cuban brand. They were already established at a price point in Europe at their price point, right, and. You know they had the money to back them up. The Ottinger family, when they when they purchased Zeno, you know Zeno was the brand ambassador uh, for that line. He wasn't an owner anymore. He was he was a brand ambassador. Mr. Davidoff was, and he was Daring the Baroness and all that stuff. So when they came to the United States with that big explosion with this high priced cigar, there was a belief that there was going to be support, and mm-hmm. there was. And there were also people that said this would never survive, and you know, and they did. I mean, look at them today, you know, uh, you know. They're, they're doing well. listen, there's other arguments I've heard about them in the field and stuff like that, but it's still, it's a premium cigar at, yes. at a premium price, but the way they came to market, they had some pedigree behind them, you know, so yeah, some of these people don't have pedigree and there's one guy I listened to his show and I was like I can't believe, no, plants don't grow for 12 months a year, so I was like you gotta be kidding me uh, I think uh,
0: I know the show you're talking about
2: <laughs> uh, there were so many, like, you know I, I'm like, at least have like read a one book at least before you yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Uh, You know, so, you know, fuck, we have how many growing seasons do we have in, you know, in the, anyways. So, um, yeah, so you have to have some kind of pedigree, you know, coming into that. People have to grow in other ways. Hey, listen, there's a value brand. I would love to have a six or seven dollar star. Do I have the capability of doing that? Absolutely. But we're too young to do that you know uh i, I think there's a couple great uh cigar houses right now that have two ki- each each house has a killer value brand and i think people started to expect that all their cigars should be in that price range and that's unfortunate and where they weren't very expensive to begin with you yeah. know, I mean? they were a 10 they still are 10 or 11 dollars stock you know? yeah um so you got to watch how you bring it into the market and the timing of the market and the explosion, you know, and also, you know, we started from scratch. It wasn't, you know, I was out of business for a little bit. So I didn't have this instantaneous, like a sales force. I was already out there that could get me instant di- distribution in all these locations. Right. So we're still fighting for that right now because we are, in tr- we have a, a, a fulfillment house, but we're in charge of the distribution. That's me and my five brokers right now. And that's why I'm not in every territory that I would like to be in right now, because I can't support it. I'm, you know, I'm working with five brokers right now. One in my backyard, Mike King, you got Tommy Klein out on the, uh, on the flyover states, as he calls them. And I call them flying states because we're getting leverage out there. We're going out there. This will be my third trip out to Colorado next week because we're getting embraced in these mid markets. Right. So that's, that's where I want to be. Um, and plus I'm managing new England by myself and not doing a very good job, uh, in managing, um, Virginia and the Carolinas. I had a broker down there and he decided to get out of brokerage and go direct with another company. God, you know. I, I know
0: it. Yep. We know him. Yep. Good guy. Good guy. Yep.
2: Yep. That's, that's, he, so I got to manage that. And then I got a half territory, which is, you know, which is Florida, which is I, all I do is I four from Tampa down to Florida down 95 down to eight. So I'm stretched thin. So like, listen, I'd love to be in Arizona. I was in talks with a gentleman out there and it was good. He goes, I, I don't think I do you justice. I have too much in my portfolio and everything is working right now. So I'm having a hard time, you know, keeping up with that. So that didn't work out. I'd love to be out in Arizona. Um, there's so many great tobacconists out there. And I think it would be great exposure for us, especially on the West Coast. But, you know, if I can't find a way to, to manage that into my my schedule, to be out there three, at least three times a year, I, I can't do it. So we find, you know, that, that right Piece and I, you know and I'm uh, and I'm too uh whatever to give up our distribution channel
0: no no it's uh, it actually leads me into this next question Mickey yeah uh, so there, you did a you did an interview with tobacco business and I'm gonna quote a, a quote that was in here mm. all right and because it ties into what we just said I want to kind of ask you about it. so you said other people in the organization can be just as effective and good for the consumer as well not every consumer is going to connect with the brand owner but they might connect with somebody else that is part of that team So my question is, how do you accomplish that with your current model right now? Because I think, for at least maybe what I see in the Carolinas, people want to see you, right? I think they connect with you, but obviously, you just it's to grow. That's not a uh, effective way.
2: Yeah. So that model was a model that was actually designed by uh, wholeheartedly, like something I wanted to do, and that was really embraced by John Huber. Mm -hmm. So when I worked with him, so if you look at like uh, like I hired. Brian McGee, I hired Miguel Shodell, hired these guys. And these guys instantaneously were celebrities in their own market. And when you can't get you know, like people all over the United States, let's do that, right? So let's celebritize those people. Let's do it. And I will tell you right now my brokers, if they put in their effort. My marketing guy that I have that I'm working with right now, he'll help me help them celebritize those guys out in the field. Mm-hmm almost like, like they are a direct person and they all, and if you get in with the right brokers, they are celebrities in the field. Right. So, um, yeah. So you, you need to leverage that and you need to embrace them and, and, and hope that, you know, and go in with the feeling that you're in a marriage that won't fail. Nobody gets into a marriage thinking that it's going to fail. Right. So,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Even though the marriage right now is with brokers, uh, doesn't mean that I, I don't want them. To, I want them to win. You know, it's one of the things that if you ask any of my brokers, I go, hey, listen, when I'm traveling with you, we're going to talk about All Saints when I walk to the door. But at a certain point, I'm going to get up and go make a phone call or go to the bathroom or return a call to my wife. You need to talk to them while in, in a private situation, you know, above your other products that you have in your portfolio because you need to write business. Because if you have a healthy organization and a healthy brokerage, you're, you're going to last longer you're not going to go upside down and then you're going to pay attention to my brand as well. So um, all's I ask is give me the attention first. When I walk through the door mm-hmm. also gives me a chance to get caught up in some admin stuff that I need to do because there's constantly calls coming in. But when I'm in actually a sales call, I'm face to face with you. I don't want to be interrupted. The only I time I would say, I was all like, Hey, listen, my wife just called and she knows I'm on a sales call. So it's important. She would have texted me if it wasn't this important. And I never get pushback on that. So, yeah, I thought you were going to ask me the the quote that my that Frank hates is "You're only as good as your last visit." So,
0: no, I didn't ask that. No, no, uh, that wasn't that, that
2: wasn't. Uh, <laughs> you've only been to one tobacco shop. You've only been to one tobacco shop, and which is true because everyone's my thought process. They're all different. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was interesting because it was another. when our goes on, and I think you answered my second question already right, because you mentioned Drew Estate being successful, and I think they've done exactly what you said. They have like these. They have these reps who are like they come to events, and they they outdraw brand owners. At least in the Carolinas, at least the guy we have down here, Will, he's just a
2: machine. The, the two at the time that were doing that was uh, CAO and Jewish States. So uh, uh, John Huber was the one that helped actuate that uh, when the way we branded those guys. We we were branding our sales guys too, as much as we were branding our company. Yeah. We want to create that hype and that draw, and then, fuck, Jonathan did that right away with his buddies. They all had their nicknames and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, Alan Rubin went they went down that route a little bit with the Road Warriors or whatever he called them. Uh, yeah, the
0: the the, the Alec probably Road Warrior. Yeah, I I remember that as well. Yeah, so I mean, that's that you know explains it. I think, and my other question was why I was, aren't successful, and I think that's a fair point. Uh, if you don't do that, you know it's tough it is very tough then to kind of get get the get the attention there,
2: oh, yeah, so you need them to be able to do this stuff like um all right, so for instance, part of my I come in, I meet with you and I'm with a broker. If it's with me, it's the same thing, but if, if by myself right. And I'll actually make sales calls in broker territory if I have time, even when the broker's not there, just divide and conquer and really kind of wrap up that territory and kind of really kind of capture it. Yep. So you bring in a decent amount of my products, right? And I say, all right, when can we do a soft cut and light or something before that? Uh, Well, like don't walk out of there without that appointment to come back in and do that little cut and light or that little pop-up. You know, I say, well, you know, well, if I have a broker, let, can the broker come in and do that? Because I, I don't know what I'm getting back here again, three months, four months, whatever right. it is. And then that tees it up for when I come in and we and I'll do an event, you know, after that. And we'll schedule that out in advance. Yeah. So that system has been very helpful and work before. so. Um, that-
0: I know that's very effective because I've seen other people not do that and you're right.
2: I see a lot and in my time.
0: territory, especially, I've seen it, yeah. And I
2: see their stuff on the shelf and I'm like, you know, how long is that going to last? I'm like, yeah. all right, well, when something opens up, <laughs> I'm, I'm here.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, a couple more cigar-related questions. Um, We talked a little earlier about Solamente. Uh, that was your first, te- technically, that was your first line. It was a limited, kind of happened.
2: Accidentally, yeah. Accidentally.
0: Will we see another type of Solamente type yes. of project? Okay. Uh,
2: next year you'll see Solamente twenty three.
0: Oh, oh, that's good. So, the, so it's coming back.
2: Yeah. No, uh, it's coming back and limited. We'll do five hundred boxes.
0: Five hundred boxes. Right. Right.
2: It might be five hundred and fifty boxes, five hundred and sixty, so we can archive stuff like that. But whatever that number is, I'm pretty transparent. Okay. So, um, we're doing that. Uh, matter of fact, those cigars are already rolled. So. Okay. That's the good. Pa- working on the packaging now.
0: Yep, yep. I have, and in, in our final segment, we're going to talk a little more about LE. So, so I'm going to hold off on some of the LE questions mm-hmm. with that. Uh, and then my last, my last thing I wanted to hit in this segment, um, I thought this was a very interesting trade show. And the reason why I thought it was the trade, an interesting trade show, it was like the CAO alumni reunion. Yeah, uh, right. So, you had you, right? Obviously, Tim is back, you had John Huber and Mike Condor. Uh, and then I know you didn't work with him, but you know Rick Rodriguez took over that brand for a very long time. So, Tim,
2: right? Tim was back, yeah. So. Yeah, so
0: it was kind of was that kind of interesting to have all this like a lot of that band back. Yeah, I know Rick wasn't really working with you guys,
2: but he wasn't in the band. But you know, I I love Rick, and I talked to Rick, and I I was friends with Rick back in the old days, yeah. even before the whole general, you know, before yeah. well, the general yeah. buy back and, and then the whole roller. That was about a two and a half year uh, progression, right? Uh, before rick took it completely over i'm I'm sure he knew he was taking it over before then uh yeah i mean i love all those guys i i I sat right next to uh john and i think i was two doors down i was between john and tim who was oh no it was uh coming from the hallway it was there was an office there then there was John's office. Then there was my office. Then Mike Condor's office. Then Tim's office. Then Eileen's office. No, no, no. It went open office. And this guy, Bruce, got it for a while. It was kind of open office. Then it was John. Then it was me. Then Mike Condor. Then Tim. Then Jono. And then Eileen. Or it was the. So. Yep. We were on the same room. We had these glass walls in between us.
0: Yep. So
2: we uh, <laughs> out like, you know, we hear "eh, Mickey." And I'm like, "Oh shit! What did I do now? That I got to walk by fucking Condor and Tim." <laughs> <laughs> you know leave articles on John's desk all the time because i was addicted to the economist and there's a lot of stuff going on in turkey and um, armenians and stuff like that so
0: <laughs> yeah oh we can't forget miguel and brian were at the show too so i mean it was a it was yeah. a it was a big reunion ad so to speak uh I, was
2: ben was there. I had Trevino was there so yeah Ed's luch so yeah i hired Ed too i remember okay. making- Hired him out of when I hired him out of Sacramento, he was in a three-piece suit with a little chain and all that stuff. <laughs> Harry Potter now he looks like on something out of Bike Week, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: but I actually I, I thought it was I don't remember
0: a company like having like that many alumni at at a at a at a PCA trade show ever. I just thought um, it was a, a very interesting it tra- the
2: culture of what John and Tim built. Right. Yeah, yeah with it yeah
0: you know when when tim was on the show a few weeks ago he every time he quote his father he'd go into his father's voice it was like it it was so natural to him to just like talk as his father talked it was it was it was it was hysterical
2: one of my my favorite articles was a uh cigar aficionado article they did a full father-son uh expose uh uh-huh and, uh, or whatever you want to call it. I remember Dave Sabona coming in to fly in to do that. And I was in there and I got quoted in there and I talked about the different dynamic relationships that Tim and his dad had, you know, he had a, they had a brother relationship. They had a father-son relationship, uh, and they had a president and a shut up relationship. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Jona would give, if you were adamant or passionate about something, Jona would give you as much rope as you could to hang yourself. And Tim never hung himself, so John kept giving him rope. So, you know, and you know, and his influence on the industry and look at it today. So, yeah, nothing the best for coming back. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I know when we had you on last time and then when we had uh, Tim on, we spent a lot of time on the CAO culture and stuff because uh, and we're talking a little bit of it now, obviously. it. Uh, I mean, I remember just coming in at the end of that, um, but just there's been nothing like that since, I think, with a company, in my opinion. There's maybe. never
2: been, there hasn't been a company. You could say maybe Jonathan drew in the early days. Maybe.
0: Uh, yeah. I, that's another one I would put on there. Probably. Yeah.
2: I don't think, and you know, back then people wanted jobs. Also, John O and Tim paid very well. We were probably the highest paid people. I was probably the highest paid right. sales manager or one of them outside of blood, right? Uh, and our sales guys were probably some of the highest paid in the industry and well taken care of. Um, you know, not the money is everything, but it's a lot better when you're going out and you're grinding, you know that you're comfortable at home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're, you're your family. So um, uh, the, the family atmosphere there and like just to talk about the sales guys. there's other people there that were amazing, like Susie Clark, uh, Andrea uh, Hummel. There's Beth. There was Madonna. Yes, we had a Madonna. Uh, I'm forgetting a couple names right now. You know Susie Clark. You know she was at the front, and you know it was the first and last face you saw when you came to visit. Um, you know Eileen, and you know that that sisterly, motherly approach that she had to the company,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: Just the loving and daring, and very was very instrumental in the growth of the company uh, until Tim came back, and then you know Eileen kind of went towards was still very involved, but you know having, having kids were we're all having kids at the same time, but she was a mother, you know what I mean? So.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, I still like Eileen's dream. It's uh it's actually one of my uh, flavored cigars. I still smoke. Right. It's a good cigar.
2: They spell a little bit different. Her name. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> actually Eileen. but they, they yeah, they I,
0: I found that out like later. Yeah. But i apparently heard it inspired
2: up by her. Yeah. For, yeah. For the packaging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. All right. All right. Aaron, anything we want to add to all saints before we hit Mickey with some of the other stuff? No, I think you were pretty uh, thorough tonight. Okay, good, good. All right, so Mickey, are you okay <laughs> on okay time?
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I think so- my, my wife and Donna went to bed. Uh, right. they, they, they gave up on the Phillies.
0: Well, no, don't. There's two runs, there's two base runners, one out, bottom of the yeah, eighth no, no, right
2: no. now. At this point, I don't want to know until we're done. Okay, yeah. we
0: won't talk. We won't talk. <laughs> All right, so. Mickey, this is our our Cattle Baron steak question of the night, okay? And this was a little bit inspired by the visit you had here with me, all right? Because we had burgers, okay? So you cannot say cowfish, okay, to the answer to this, which is where we had the burger. But I want to know, Mickey, the best place you go to get a burger.
2: Uh, The best place I go to get a burger, well, in uh, Philly?
0: Anywhere. It could be anywhere you want. If it's Philly, that's fine.
2: I will tell you, I had my first Juicy Lucy last week in Minnesota, and they're known for their Juicy Lucy's. I only had one at, uh, at where were Varna's or whatever. Um,
0: Was that where you were going to go with Ben? No,
2: I went. Okay, because well, there's Juicy uh, Lucy up by him. That's why. There's a couple of them, and we went to Sarna's, is where we went. I went with Raul, Okay. who uh, runs Sodis. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and his good friend Dave owns this place called Sarna. So we walk in there, and we had a little time to f off a little bit. I want I, I actually wanted to go see the world's largest pumpkin ever, which was in Anoka, but we never made it there. So he took me for a juicy Lucy instead. Walk in this place on a Saturday, absolutely packed. They're all watching the Minnesota game, and um, so, so. Everybody's playing bingo at their tables. Everybody's cranked at one o'clock in the afternoon, and you know I'm not afraid to have a cocktail at an event, but I'm like I'm not having a cocktail this soon. <laughs> but everybody was playing bingo, and uh, and this juicy Lucy, what it is is that they put the cheese and some of the spices in on the inside. Yes, uh, and it was that was top notch. I you know uh, I I look forward to having another juicy Lucy. So for burgers. So like a standalone place, uh, God, good burger. I don't know. Like uh, around here, it's always cheese sticks for me. But so Five Guys, that's pretty lame. Um, Decent
0: know. for like, it, there's an argument if it's fast food is the question. But for express food, uh, it's not bad.
1: Yeah, Five Guys is pretty good. Uh, I mean, it does the- have a drive through so I don't know that it's fast food. So
0: Yeah, that, that that's the controversy of it but are
2: well, all real meat too. I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, saying? and they, they have the best fries. I mean, their fries are, are top notch in my opinion.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I'm you know, I'll, I'm going to have to go with, uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with Sarnas. Uh, uh-huh. in, all right. in, in Memphis, well, that's
0: good to know. I think those guys were talking about taking me there.
2: Well, you I, know, there's a couple places. We went there because Raul's really good friend Dave was there and it was freaking amazing. So, uh, and there's a battle out there who came out with the first juicy lucy. So, you'll hear all about it's a whole culture. Yeah.
0: They well they were talking about several burger places. So, they were saying there were several options for burgers up there.
2: They they treat their juicy lucy's like we treat our cheesesteaks here. So, okay. So now, people, there is
0: a juicy lucy ch- chain store in Asheville. That's why Ben was mentioning this to me.
2: Oh, the oh. You talk about where I was where was I supposed to go? I was supposed to I,
0: I don't know if it was Juicy Lucy or not, but Ben's been talking about going to this. When I go up, there, to, to go to this juicy we place went called Juicy Lucy? Close
2: because of the hurricane.
0: Yeah, it was everything like shut down at that day.
2: I ended that up was being, a Friday.
0: That was that Friday.
2: And then I had that was Friday where I saw him. When I was up at B&B in Asheville. Yeah. And then I was running. I was, then I was having lunch with you the next day. The, the
0: non-hurricane that hit Western North Carolina. Eastern was another story.
2: I drive in a lot of different weather, bad weather all the time. That that was I was a little bit of a knuckler coming from Asheville back down to Charlotte on Friday. Oh, uh, yeah? So yeah.
0: you got some heavy I, rain. I, I was paying attention. Okay, because the rain totally missed us. We had some rain, but nothing that you couldn't drive in.
2: When I put two hands on the wheel because I drive so much, it's, right. it, it, there's weather involved.
0: Yeah. All right. So when we do, Mickey, I'll do a quick sponsor read, and then we'll get into the next two segments are shorter. So I can assure you that. Uh, all right. So uh, I want to mention Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's epicenter, and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored cigar experience. And by Jerry Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age so of cigars, Cuba it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamas farm Valley in Honduras, Julio Aro took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and Juso bring their very own brand to market, each containing an authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a variety of blends. Most recently released is the Aladino Classic. Each of these cigars represent the golden age of the cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And finally, by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you will find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Davidoff, Drew Estate, Gurkha, and Oliva. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it, Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retail by Smoke Magazine. Cigar Fisional wrote Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock star- cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at their uh, website or visit one of Corona's four central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. Oh, this is our Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit AlecBradley.com to find out more about their cigars. Live True. All right. So Nikki, this is uh we we didn't do a rapid fire question with you last time. We sometimes do rapid fire. I know we talked about Philadelphia in the live true segment last time. So these are more uh most of these questions are um except for one are not cigar related. All right. So um I put a couple of new ones in, I think this one too. So for you. I try I try to mix these up and not rehash them all. So here's your first question, Mickey. Well, really- let's,
1: let's make sure he's back. His camera's off. So okay, I, I, have, I, have have the, I have the
0: game on here. So
1: <laughs> okay, he, he may have stepped away from him. Okay,
0: so that's so. cool. So as long as he's not on, um, I'm I'm 3 two
1: Phillies. I know three two uh, Astros. Right. So yeah,
0: Brandon Marsh. Just uh, I I like Brandon Marsh. I can't knock him. So yeah, needs <laughs> a. I thought he needed a haircut, but I like him now. Yeah. All right, Mickey.
2: Well, they call him Hobo.
0: Yeah. No, he, he. I said with this guy, he's a haircut. But now I really like him. He's got he's, he's kind I mean, of an it's energy. Not
2: that it's not the haircut. It's it's all like these greasy strings or something.
0: Yeah, but he he brings a little bit of an energy to this team. I mean, he really does. He's a great guy not, on the you know. Yes. Yeah, he's not a great hitter or anything, but he, he brings a little energy to the team. I like I like him.
2: A lot of different people have been stepping up.
0: Yeah, definitely has. Definitely has.
2: I'll have to go out and look at the TV. I want to look at the TV.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you what's going on. So.
2: Well, I did. I saw it. It looks pretty good, but.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's a battle. We're, <laughs> we're in a battle here.
2: I had to go uh, run right around the house three times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Mickey, this is uh, what we do in this segment: is we do not, some non cigar questions. Uh, we haven't taken you through our rapid-fire questions yet. Um, last time you were on, we did a whole segment on Philadelphia in general, but these are this is more rapid-fire. Um, not. Related to uh, cigars, except for one question. Okay. All right. All right. I think I know. The, I think you might have answered the, the non one already. So, or the cigar one already. So, all right. Your first question a cheesesteak, wit or without?
2: So, you're strictly talking about packs, wit?
0: Yes. Wit. So, for they folks who may not know, wit, tell folks what wit is because they may not know. Cheese whiz. Yeah.
2: keys whiz. Yeah. Here uh, you, you get the, uh, We'll get like white American or Cooper.
0: provolone.
2: Yeah, Provolone. It
0: is really hard to get a good cheesesteak outside of Philadelphia with the cheese whiz.
2: Well, yeah. So yeah, Cooper White is like that's the secret, right? So yeah. for a lot like Delco Steaks, which is here, it, it's you know, everybody people literally get in fights who has the best hoagie. First of all, everybody talks all the jowls of their mouth in the Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the acme We'll get some hogies and yeah. you know uh, drink drink some lager. So because you know nobody can pronounce the English. So they say lager. <laughs> um, Delco Steaks, which is in Brumall. So if you come out Westchester Pike, not the main line, uh, which is three, uh, it's in Brumall. it's just west of me a little bit. So I'm about I'm about 20 minutes from U Penn, which is on the west side of the city. And then Delco steaks is a relatively new open up just before, right during the pandemic and really quickly, you know, they have sesame seed bun and I, I one of the is it, the Cooper and they melt it into the, the sharp Cooper white and they, and they melt it into the uh, melted into the meat.
0: Yep. No, it's a, you know, I sent the dojo guys to John's
2: roast pork. Yeah. Well, John's is, it's a staple. And, and,
0: and I, and I had to like really twist Eric a bit. I'm like, Eric, go there and if you don't if you guys do not like those she's like, i'll refund your money is what i said right, right. and they get there and they, you know, they see this and they're like this can't be good right because it's like a it's a hole in the wall i mean <laughs> and they loved it they loved it so yeah. so now i think they're going i think they're talking about doing they're going up there um i think next so, week they so some- it's
2: funny they're going to be an hour away from me
1: and you're gonna be out there
2: and I'm gonna be out there,
1: yeah. yeah
0: they're they're doing something with Cancel, I think with uh, the
1: tenth anniversary cigar, yeah, right yeah, that yeah, famous yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so they, I think they're flying into Philly not not Abe, so uh you know Alan Baum, Bethlehem, yeah. I don't think they're flying into there, so I think they're gonna probably make that make the pilgrimage again,
2: yeah it's not it's not too far away and yeah you know, they have the anxiety of a sales guy or an owner like let's get to a sales shop like I, I, I fucking hate these brokers sometimes. I love them. But they're like, you want to get something to eat? I'm like, no,
0: dude. <laughs> this
2: is a two thousand dollar trip. I didn't land to fucking eat. I landed. Let's get something done, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second question. This is a, I haven't asked this one before. A fashion trend you would like to see make a comeback.
2: Speedos. Um <laughs> fashion. Well, I don't know.
0: I I thought you were gonna answer bow tie on that one.
2: No, I was, I you know, I still wear a bow tie, not as much as I used to. Um, uh, I, I was like one of the only guys wearing them at the time. Now, there are quite a few of them in the industry. Glenn wears them all the time. Yeah, I, I don't have it. You know, all I have are bow ties. Yeah.
0: Uh, which- Dave Ludwig was the guy our, our Fuente rep for a long time here. And he was, we used to call him bow tie because he always yeah. wore a bow tie. Yeah.
2: Well, I've gotten walking into shops I hadn't been in, in a long time. Like, where's your bow tie? Go back out and try try this over again. Yeah. Like maybe,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, what what fashion trend do I wish? Uh, I don't know. I've always been kind of preppy with a flare, so it's like uh, you know. I, I wish skinny jeans would go away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I answer a little bit? I would Say halter tops when I have three daughters, that's just not funny. yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't want to go to the yeah,
2: um,
0: don't give nah. any idea. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: maybe th- if you say something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. No, no the, the, the ones I'm thinking are all female related. Like, I answered one on the dojo show once, and it actually did come back, so yeah, so.
2: Well, my, 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 my mother-in-law and my mom sometimes listens to the shows afterwards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I answered micro-mini-skirts. And they did come in for well, a short for sure. they haven't
2: got their back end.
0: Yeah, that's what it was last year I asked it, yeah.
2: And my wife, who has a high standard with our daughters and they're wearing them, and I see other girls that are wearing them, and I know their parents and what their ethics are about. And they're like, not really fighting that battle. I, mean, I,
0: all- I didn't have that problem with my daughter, actually, to be honest with you. It never... Never was a problem, so I never we never really had to worry about that, which is which is good.
2: Uh, well, I'm things, very fortunate that I have three dollars that are very athletic and very confident about their body, they yeah. do, and so yeah, we made it a point to make sure that we do that. Yeah,
0: so that's good.
2: That's, that's certainly me that you need to wear mini skirts, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, musical bands like in your rotation, your playlist that you listen to.
2: You know, it's funny. Garrett asked me that and Garrett loves music. We, uh, we were out in Iowa last week and uh, we went up the English bulldog and it was about a four hour drive there, about a four hour event and four hour back and we were just jamming everything. And I just love that old eighties. Like, I loved everything across the board from rock and roll to Oingo Boingo. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, I like Irish punk, uh, Tommy Klein, my, uh, my, my broker and buddy out in, uh, st louis and that area he listens to um, like like irish punk whatever and you'd recognize some of the bands but uh if i can't think of anything is i put freaking dave matthews on a rotation for some reason i i went through like a u2 only kind of uh, when i late 80s early 90s and if i get on the u2 kick I'm not as good with music as a lot of other people are, especially like you. But um, you know, I I loved, like the upstairs and everything from upstairs and Eric to Led Zeppelin when mm-hmm. I was growing up. So um, yeah, I, I say Dave Matthews. Well, plus his his uh, his his drummer smokes our cigars. So
0: oh, nice. That's nice.
2: But he still lives out of uh, yeah, out of Virginia. So
0: no, that's nice. Actually, you know, we we do a lot of the music show, and Garrett and uh, Matt are both. Really, they've been contributors. We've had them as guests, right? Uh, but they both are very good with their music, so
2: yeah, they can't wait to see you next week,
0: yeah, yeah, no, next month, it's next month, but yeah,
2: oh, next month, uh, and that, then go by, go by Paisley Park, too. That was neat. I well, yeah, there. I
0: told them it's part of uh, basically, yeah, um, uh, it's gonna be it'll be fun. I know I'm gonna be, I, I gotta, I gotta get my hotel
2: finalized. You gotta, you gotta hook up with Raul Ramos.
0: Well, that's where I'm gonna stay near Sodi's, is where uh, they told me to stay.
2: Yeah, raw will we'll get you around everywhere. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm pretty pumped on that, and hopefully the weather cooperates.
2: Oh, go see Smolders too while you're out there. They're okay, here. we'll give you the tour.
0: Yep, I'm hoping to get down to to see Jeff Hogan's place too on um, maybe that Monday. So, Jeff Hogan
2: at, um, Tobacco Grove.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit out. That's a little bit out there, but I think Monday. Yeah, I'll-
2: I'll- those, uh, Tobacco Grove, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful. I met with uh, what did I meet with there? Jeff was in Arizona. Um, I met with the general manager. You know, that's a big crux shop. So Jeff's yeah. office. Awesome. Yeah. What that is a beautiful shop. And their uh, their Rocky Patel room was freaking killer. It looks like a mini burn. Wow. And oh that, wow, that's cool. We had an early sales call, and that front room was there's there's two there's like one right in front of the humidor, one off to the side of the humidor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was filling up when we got there with all the regular smoking cigars. Wow, I had a, we had a great time there.
0: Nice, nice. All right, a pet that you would like to own besides a dog or cat? Falcon. You never got Falcon before. That's a good one.
2: <laughs> if I had time, I I would love to learn falconry.
0: Yeah, I was just a uh, yeah. No, are they, uh, isn't there a famous Falcon place up by you, Aaron? Oh, there's one in Asheville. Okay. There might be. But... I thought there was a famous Falcon place up there. I'm just trying to think. I, they, there, I'm, they, I'm sure there's one in Asheville, yeah. They're known. Oh, for there
2: is. Uh, God, you know, who, you know who you talk to about Falconry right? is uh, Siggy. You know, Aaron Sigman.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Yep.
2: He's actually wrote articles about
0: it. Oh, really? Okay. I've read his other stuff. Yeah, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, he, he, yeah, he does stuff besides watches, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and cigars. Nice.
0: All right. So this is the cigar question. You might have already answered this, but we'll see. Your ideal vitola size, shape, size.
2: Wow, it's going to be the miter. Uh, yep,
0: I figured it was. Yeah.
2: Uh, and the vesper. There you go. I have to go with the vesper, and I'll tell you why. Because we all smoke those. I say we all like everybody does, whether you like it or not. When we're down in the factories. That's what we carry around, or. Mm-hmm everybody like we go to finca de mesa go to dave's place whatever always have those It's great little power smoke you get a great understanding sometimes i think it's too good of a smoke i, I think it sets a, a bad precedence for the other sizes in the line <laughs> something like that it's a little bit thicker than a lancero obviously right so uh it's uh it's just a great and you know not just because it's a winter smoke or short smoke or whatever I, I just think it really can magnify the uh it's a nice size it is a nice size so depending on my mood i'll probably answer either one of those okay
0: good answer good answer okay um best vacation spot for you
2: for me it's got to be not overall but this i'm coming from a consistent standpoint Outside of COVID, we have gone to Grand Lakes as a family every year, even now, even last year with one of my daughters in college. Now I have two and it's hard to coordinate between the rowing schedules and the basketball schedules and all that stuff. We've been able to pull off going to Grand Lakes around Easter every year. And the beautiful thing about that is I was born and raised in Daytona Beach, Florida. Mm -hmm. So Grand Lakes has a Ritz-Carlton side and a JW. They have a lazy river. They have a killer pool on the Ritz side. Uh, You can go biking, you can go fly fishing, you can golf. They got an incredible spa. And one of the days my family comes over from Daytona beach. We take over the pool. They don't care. They know we're coming every year because we eat and drink our ass off and tip our ass off and have a great time. And other family and friends have joined us down there for that escapade every year. So that's probably, I don't know if that's going to change, you know, with two girls in college and, you know, sports have really, amping up. Uh, so that would have to be Grand Lakes, Orlando. You
0: know, I've been wanting to go there. I've never been there. I know where it is. Uh, uh, like if you're there with buddies and stuff, yep. it'd be mm-hmm.
2: okay. If you're a golf fanatic, then you can go uh-huh. to Arnie Palmer and stuff like that. But for our family experience, and for like...
0: Yeah, I, I'd be more into that part than the golf, for sure.
2: You know, my, my daughter turned 16 yesterday. That's why I didn't go down to D.C. like I was supposed to. We've been going there. She she was so small; she would sleep under the table when we go out for our big dinner night to to the steakhouse, and she would sleep under the table, and I'd have to carry her back wherever we went. And uh, it's just so many great memories there. Um, Mm. So
0: nice, nice. That's a good one.
2: There's other other vacation spots, you know. um, Like we loved as a family, we loved Amelia Island. We went there a couple times. Ritz Carlton, of course.
0: But yep the, i've been i've been down in amelia island yep
2: uh but it, well we were there during the hurricane they had a white they had a blackout and they gave it all these glowy things and we ended up getting invited to this wedding because they had to eat the food really quickly and everybody got there and uh i think we even sent christmas cards to that, that couple that's the only time we ever saw them, like 10 years ago <laughs> oh wow <laughs> um yeah so and, and then, obviously, the most important to our family is the shore. they They spend at least a month down the shore together as a family unit. Uh, that's with my extended family too. when I lived in Nashville, uh, my wife and daughters, they were much younger than uh, they would spend about three months of the year in Avalon, New Jersey. So mm-hmm.
0: we'll get your beach tags there.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we were Brigantine. We were Brigantine was our place.
2: If you didn't buy a place in Brigantine two years ago, you're screwed.
0: My dad had a place in Burgundy for a while. He had well, to sell it, but yeah, he uh, yeah, that was our place for a long, because it was close to AC. That's why he, they want he wanted it. A
2: little bit. No, it's back up. It's up. yeah. Wildwoods getting gentrified now too. Really? It's on, It's on the cusp of getting gentrified. Wow, I haven't been to Wildwood in a long time. There's nobody in Philadelphia and Avalon anymore. All the New Yorkers are coming down there and, and tearing down. Five, six, seven-year-old houses and building these McMansions. Yeah, I'm like, well, why? Could, that's a hell of a drive to get down yeah. here. Yeah, They're like, ah, yeah. oh, we can take the fucking helicopter because now was just yeah. <laughs> the helicopter you can take it to Stone Harbor, and I go, oh, yep. okay. Like, yep. I can afford the Hamptons. I'm, like, <laughs> you can afford a freaking seven million dollar house. Yep. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, yep. it's a whole other world. So, yep,
0: yep, agree, agree. All right. On the flip side, worst airport. I said US, but you could be anywhere you want.
2: Uh Frankfurt blows sometimes. Uh, Where's airport? Houston, maybe? Uh Bush, not a hobby.
0: Only been there once through
2: that airport. EFW is no freaking bueno. Uh Orlando, I've learned how to navigate it. So it's, um, yeah. Worst airline was fucking Avianca when I had to fly Avianca <laughs> down, uh, down in Nicaragua.
0: Yeah. By the way, my worst airport's Baltimore. It's a oh, horror. Really? To, it, because of where the rental cars are. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass.
2: Well, a lot of these places are like Oakland's the same way. You know, you got to, um. Houston
0: was the same. Uh... DFW is like that too. Yes. Like you travel, you travel halfway across the state to get to the airport. It seems <laughs> like
2: uh, DFW is probably the worst. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you have, that airport's so massive too, like land wise. Land the land on that airport's an enormous amount of land they got.
2: You know when you get to that entrance, it says "Welcome to the airport." Uh huh. Like two miles. Through. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you miss, the and when you miss a turn. That's like for the rental car, which I did, you go all the way around again. (laughs) Yeah, don't miss it. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, Aaron, you can answer this. I want you to answer this one too. The best Phillies World Series. Is
2: he Googling it or something? No, no, I think he's waiting
1: on you first. Oh, wait, no, you, you go first. It's your, your question. Oh, I, go I, first? I, just,
2: I get, yeah, to, yeah, I get to yeah, You go first, and Aaron will uh, go. Oh, I go first. Um, my personal favorite was the last one we won because I was going through the transition of CAO to finishing up my master's and all that. But if you talk to Philly guys, I think they're going to say 80. Uh, if you talk to my wife, she could still name the lineup. That's Tuck McGraw was 80, right? So, hey, Tuck
0: McGraw yeah. was 80, yeah.
2: Yeah, so my wife still can tell you the lineup of 80. Um, I think most of my buddies that are my age and they're quite young in 80 um, would, prob- would probably say 80. So me personally, because I wasn't a Phillies fan, I was, a, I was actually back then, I was a Braves fan because I grew up in Florida. Was right. Florida. And I was a Braves fan because WTBS was the only team that you could watch on on a consistent basis.
0: Yep, yep. True. We we couldn't even get WGN in New York for a long time.
2: Yeah, well, WGN you can get in Europe. I get it in Germany all the time. Yeah, but you
0: couldn't get it in New York for the longest time. The cable right. stations didn't carry. There was an issue with the cable stations not carrying it.
2: In Mexico and Central America, you get WGN quite a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it finally came. It finally came to New York, uh, like when I was much, much
2: older. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's for me, but I, I, you know, my wife was sitting in here. She'd probably say 80, and she'd name you the whole lineup, starting lineup.
0: All
1: right. Aaron, what
2: about you? Uh, I mean, you could say it was one they lost. The you could say one they lost. Too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was a very good World Series. I mean, uh, I know you came out on the wrong side of it, but it was a good series. Um, Which one? And the Yankees? The, the, Blue Jays, the Blue Jays. It, it,
0: it was. It was yeah. a good World Series. I mean, it, it I always say I kind of knew what was going to happen, but it was a good World Series. Yeah, I mean,
2: and the way it ends is just that's bottom of know. the ninth right now. If we come back, this could be the best one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's
2: but you know the
1: way it ends is just the way it... like it's like the movie style kind of yeah. setup, you know, of that thing. So yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, mine,
0: mine was eighty for probably a little. Bit. I mean, and two thousand eight was great because I never thought I'd see another World Series win, but. Eighty. See, I was following the Phillies like in 77, 78, 70. They couldn't get over that hump, and even though I didn't really have the appreciation for it being their first World Series ever, they got over the hump in eighty. They had a they had they had a down year in seventy-nine, and then in eighty they bounced back and won it. Uh, and it was a really good Royals team that year, too. They played so that was a good. That was a
2: yeah. A lot of people thought the Royals were going to win that. Five years, season. I guess, right? Eighty. Yeah, but George Brett was playing for the Royals. George
0: Brett was playing for the yeah. Royals, yeah, and they um, they blasted the Yankees out. Like they, the Yankees were favored to win that
2: that year. Oh, you know another thing about my wife about the eighty team is because she had a, she's the oldest three daughters, right, and she had a radio. She used to have to go to she fall asleep to listening to the Phillies games. She remembers, and then she finally got a TV for her birthday. Her birthday September twentieth, right? So in eighty. She she was so she was ten. She for her tenth birthday she got like the, an old hand-me-down in the family TV, black and white, and then she could fall asleep to watch in the Phillies. <laughs> nice.
0: I had the transistor radio in living in Staten Island, and I was able to get twelve ten at night. So I usually would tune in mid-game to the Phillies because you couldn't get it earlier. You got to wait till it was a little darker before you can get that signal. With the AM, so yeah, twelve. I think they were on twelve ten back then.
2: Great for clouds, right? Because sometimes that helps. It was, yeah,
0: exactly. it Some nights you couldn't get it, but yeah, I was able to to listen to a lot of games at night in my room.
1: Uh, all right, Coop, keep the show going. You're gonna, your heartbreak will be here in a second. Yeah, it just just <laughs> happened. All right, <laughs> yeah, it was. a
0: <laughs> uh, so wait, what happened? Uh, it was a, okay. Uh, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, last question, Mickey. If you had a with segment, and then we have one more segment. We'll do it short. What uh, is a if you had a reality show? What would the title be?
2: What would it be uh, Big Dummy? <laughs> <laughs> Got Red Fox is going to be narrating it.
0: Red Fox. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Devon Wilson will play you. <laughs> i know it comes from
2: uh yeah that comes from craig cass's dad mr cass god rest his soul he always called it he always called me big dummy yeah he goes you know for for a guy that was an engineer undergrad went to the ivy league grad school you sure are a big dummy yeah when i got back into business why you big dummy (laughs) so
0: yep yep Uh by the way, that the, the my distraction, that was some defensive play they just made the Astros. Yeah. That was an unbelievable catch. So all right. Uh all right. So what we're gonna do is uh one more round of sponsors and then we have one more segment to do, and it will be a short one. So all right. I wanna um of course my sponsors just crashed. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh one make... it's
2: only freaking like 7:30 where Loomis lives.
0: I know. It's <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. It's almost nine. So I'm gonna have dinner I after the show. So
2: fucking, you know, I, I got to tell you this. So bear, I'm bitching about bear's show hour, right? <laughs> and I'm out. I got to read this exchange to you.
0: Okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so, so bear goes, and I'm bit. I'm 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 riding with uh, like, what do you like? And I'm you know, I'm I'm bitching about uh, probably how about that cigar because they were gonna try to do a segment when I was out there, right? So. The next day, I'm bitching about bears, and there's somebody else that I was bitching about, like the Sunday late Sunday night, late Monday night, or late Tuesday night. So, and the next morning, it was hilarious. So Friday at two p.m., Mickey, I hope you're well. I would love to have you back on the show. Would you be interested? And I go absolutely. I get a heart, and and then my next one, I, I don't get a chance to answer. I go, please, please let it be on a Sunday or a Monday around nine at night, please. <laughs> he goes, aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Always on Sunday Night Live at nine thirty Central Time. That's even worse. It's ten thirty. Yeah, time. right. Because <laughs> I can send you some dates, and I go, "Oh my God, that is so awesome!" Smirky. Thing. <laughs> he writes back, "Ha ha," and he goes, "I don't know if you're being sarcastic. We thank you for the enthusiasm." Right. <laughs> he goes. Would 12 11 work for your schedule or do you need some more dates? I go, I'll be coming back from Nicaragua that day. Yeah, so it was fun. With that. It was right <laughs> after I was mentioned about those things. Oh,
0: uh, it's funny. It's funny. Oh, I just so you know, before we go to uh, the break, uh, <laughs> I was on with Baron Saka the other night. I had to take the next morning off from work. <laughs> and uh, so we went, we went, we went over three hours, right? And yeah. then we had the after show with Saka for like another hour and a
2: half
0: yeah so we have soccer and he talks for another hour and a half afterwards right so i got to bed like 3 30 that night i i I did the right thing taking that next morning off
2: well you have i have to be fair to say that you and bear actually do your fucking research before you do an interview (laughs) and you have a schedule you don't have a tight schedule like you have you have an itinerary right right and you probably your, in your time frames of how long those segments go are organic. Yep. It's moving. I get that. And I and I actually I love that because once I get wound up, I'm ready to go. Right. Yep. So um, because you guys bring out memories in a lot of times that I have forgotten for years, and it's so awesome to revisit those memories or those thoughts. Yep. So you have to put that in perspective. When somebody really does their research on you, you're like, how the fuck? And like some of them like. Dude, I need to go. Maybe I need to go scrub because if if they (laughs) found out that, then we're gonna find out this and that needs to get scrubbed from the web.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, Bear will find Bear will find the art. Like I did tonight, I pulled something out of tobacco business, but Bear will find the most obscure things. Sometimes he'll really go deep, and he'll say, "Yeah, in, in like 1999, you quoted Smoke Magazine." Yeah, he'll find this stuff, right? Which is which is incredible. All right, let me uh, go into the sponsors here. Uh, well, I want to mention J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is oldest family premium cigar maker in America for four generations and 127 years. J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112 year old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as El Hole, JC Newman's rolls premium cigars by hand and hand operated antique cigar machines, including the American. JC Newman's Pencil factory is the second largest in Nicaragua and it's where Brick House, Pelo de Mar, El Baton, Corum and Yago cigars are hand rolled. JC Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco are A Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans have founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars, the Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Los Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family brings their own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. Try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, Abano, Maduro, La Mandaria, and Patrimonial lines, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust Industry Deliberation segment. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances in the consensus, including consensus number one cigar of the year with the Carita Tricky Taka. Visit DT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. And it's a final, guys. The Phillies have lost. But I'm happy they they, they showed some fight tonight. They did.
1: I don't think going to win it. Went out
0: and no, they'll have it. So we never played a seventh game. The Phillies have never played a seventh game in their history. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. uh, you know, look, uh, they, blew it, uh, they they showed something tonight. They did, uh, and, and Verlander gets his first win, by the way, in the World Series. So uh, yeah, uh, shocked. Kind of goofy
2: looking.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, but
2: besides a good pitch to marry her. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 So, I just have this feeling it's going to come down. There's going to be a home run hit, walk off, <laughs> like Joe <Kill> Carter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like who's Jeremy the, Pena the, or something like that, and but yeah, but who's the guy? Yeah, but Anthony, McCormick was it? Jose I, the Most
2: embarrassing thing, <laughs> about Philadelphia is I don't think we have the worst fans, but we get caught on tape, man. That's yeah. what I was telling Hector
0: today. The same it was,
2: thing. It was like me. It was like me growing up. Yeah, I never threw the first punch, but I threw the one that had impact, and everybody saw. <laughs> yeah i it at the bus stop, yeah, you know, yeah. Mount Everest, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and the way these jackasses treated that, that, uh, mattress guy, I mean, the guy should be celebrated. And he was by most, uh, like a lot of the good Philadelphians that are out there. Right. And, uh, and I saw some of these memes and clips of the way we were treating him walking out. And I'm like, and you know what he does? He gets a big-ass suite at the Texans game because he's not going to be there. He's going to be here, you know, supporting the Houston Astros. And he gave it all to Philadelphia guys. You know And I'm like? Good on you, buddy. Good on you.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Embarrassing. Embarrassing to all of Philadelphia. You know, and that that kid that did that shit with Minnesota when we won to that that lady, they found that kid and they braided the hell out of him. Yep. He got in a lot of trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I, I know. I know. Like, stupid antics and shit like that. Like That's what that's
0: why I said, Hector. It happens all the, all the time. It's not just a Philadelphia thing, but the Philadelphia, they get caught is exactly what happens. I said that to Hector today.
2: Crazy antics getting dressed up and doing yeah. shit and doing he, like crazy borderline, yeah. but treating the other fans like yeah. shit is, yeah. it's, 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 no, no, no. Yeah. no. So, that's not what Philadelphia is about. Yeah.
0: So today, Hector brought up the, um, the, the thing to me about um,
2: well the, 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 the catering. The catering, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that this was a problem. This has happened here. I know firsthand from my daughter and husband who were working in a restaurant at the time when they were dating. And uh, this was in South Carolina. And uh, it was the Gamecocks were playing one of the big teams and they were turned down for catering. Maybe in Alabama or something like that with some big team, right? And what happened is they called the restaurant where they were working, and they told them that, and they they put the order through for them. So they they said that yeah, we couldn't. We were having trouble finding a restaurant to get an order for us. So well, I know it happens.
2: <laughs> well, we had a couple here that took the order. And when he showed up together they it, it said no, sorry, here's your money back.
0: Yeah, yeah. but then it gets then they then it so gets
2: out there and, and they so make said, it because they said yeah. no, we're not going to serve. Like I I don't I don't necessarily. I, I kind of agree. I don't agree because it's didn't. okay if
1: you if you want to get in their heads a little bit or give you know make it a little uh, difficult for them. It's not, not, There's not wrong with it. Right? It's not
0: being bad. It's not being bad. I, I said. It happens
1: team. everywhere. It's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah.
0: I guarantee it happens. I mean, the Giants one year, you know, they talk about they talk about the Eagle fan pelting Santa Claus, right? There was a Giants game. I'm telling you, and they were pelting ice balls at the Saints one year. Right. And it was really bad. And like you know, we're it did. Yeah. Dead. Dead. Yeah, you got got caught. Exactly. You guys got caught is what happened. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it was bad, these ice balls they were throwing, too. I mean, someone could have really got hurt.
2: Listen, I have – there's 300 cigars in, in, in the uh, Philly organization right now, of mine, that it, hopefully it makes it down to the field. You know, they win.
0: Yeah. So. When, when Blanton uh, – Joe Blanton played for the Phillies – he went in to... Uh, do you remember Nero Cigars at all? In Philly? No, outside of Philly, in Haddonfield. There was uh, a place in Haddonfield called... This was probably when you were
2: out of the... Beautiful town.
0: Yeah, they had a place called Nero Cigars. Uh, the owner passed away, so it shut down. But Joe Blanton came in and he bought uh, Don Lino Africas for the LCS clinching for the team. And I happened to be in there when it happened. So so he came in and bought... He, he bought the Don Lino Africas to the team that night.
2: Well, you know, the two biggest owners of the Phillies were Cigar Guys.
0: Yeah, John Middleton. John well, Middleton, yeah.
2: But yeah, but also uh, Mr. Montgomery, yeah, well, that's the Philly Blunts.
0: Yeah, that's right. I forgot about Mr. Montgomery. Good, good, they, good one, Mickey, yeah.
2: Decades ago, but that's yep. where all that money came from. Yep. John yep. Middleton is like one of the best. My, my wife's family is really close with those. With those uh, I think he's the
0: best owner in baseball. In my opinion, I think he's a great owner. Who? Uh, Middleton,
2: Middleton, yeah, and he's very approachable. He,
0: he, uh, you see pictures all the time of him taking pictures with fans at the stadium, all the time.
2: Well, he his goes pick- down. He goes down into the fucking stadium. Yeah, he goes
0: down, and people, you know, and they, you know, and I, and I think when he signed Harper, it really showed he cared. And then, you know, he had a he had to make the decision on Kapler because his guys wanted to keep him, so he was the one who canned Kapler. And I think he had a lot to do with. uh so obviously, passing firing Girardi, I think that was a lot of his hand, too.
2: So, uh, Girardi, uh, it was interesting enough. My youngest daughter played in the same organization, they were on two different teams. His daughter's a hell of a basketball player, so Girardi, right? Yeah, Girardi. yeah, yeah. yeah. God, I, I, look, I, I think he, and, and uh, the way he left, and what he said about the city when he left, like, we all, we all kind of like, okay, we liked him but when he said listen i got a i had a it was funny i had a picture with him right after he got signed um god what's that famous time whatever i can't remember but uh the way he left and what he said about the city how we're all dirty or whatever i thought that was that
0: was bad yeah bad job by him but, uh, i mean i think they were i think they treat I, I don't like how he was treated in a lot of cases um but you know i think there were problems with the front office he had to deal with for a while unfortunately and then you know, it's by, but he didn't do a good job this year and he got canned. There's no way you could say it. he didn't
2: have the record this year.
0: You know that team was not supposed to be 22 and 29. You know, so
2: they love Philly Rob or Philly Bob. They love them.
0: Yep, yep. Oh, they do. Yep, they do.
2: Delco's even trying to take them. They're calling him Delco. Delco.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, but Dusty well, Baker's one game away from a World is,
2: Series. I live in the same area, in the same neighborhood as Jason Kelsey, so he's like a little. You know, he's yeah,
0: he's so like, Yeah, yeah. We should just mention the Eagles won, too. The yeah. Eagles go to eight 0 first time ever. Yep. So, uh, and if Bears listening, I'm sure he's going to be tuning into the A Rod post game show right now. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, how about Big Poppy coming out with all that Philly love all week?
0: Yeah, yeah. After he, uh, what did he do? He did something though. He did, he did Astros he did game one. last night, and he did he
2: did uh, Doctor J- I think it was Doctor J last night, and he did uh, Cunningham tonight. Yeah.
0: But he had that Astros stuff. I think game one or two. I forget too. So
2: I uh, think, well, maybe he's being smart enough just to represent whatever the home field is.
0: I think that's what he was doing. Yeah, I think that's what he was doing. Cause I got pissed at him I when he did he it. Also,
2: <laughs> I, I think he also recognizes uh, a city that really loves to get get behind their team. You know, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, one question for the segment tonight, um, and it has to do my my theory is I want to make regular production cigars great again, Mickey. Um, I don't want to have – I'm tired of all the limited editions. Sure. A lot of limited editions fall short. And I know that they come out because of what's new, right? But I think there's other reasons. Do you think there's – is strictly a just what's new thing, or you think there's other reasons? I think there's other reasons driving this limited edition thing. All
2: right. So hopefully I'll get all my thoughts out in a, in a concise way. So okay. Course, you can hear me talking out of both sides of my mouth, all right. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not saying don't do limiteds either. I'm not saying that either.
2: No. So what's so what's new? And what's limited are two different things, right? So right. They could be, but they could be the same thing, right? If, if people didn't want to care or care about what's new, I wouldn't be getting the love that I'm getting online, right? And hopefully that's going to translate into more sales and right. more locations and more consistency with the growth of my brand. Limited editions, I believe, have a place. The first time I really saw success, I remember you could bring something else out. I'll go, okay, maybe that, that's, you know, that, that was part of it too, because there's one that was earlier than the one I'm getting ready to say is when I was at Davidoff, right? So Avo, when I got to, when I got to Davidoff, they were a broker sales force. I was one of the first ones to be on their direct team and Avo was a mainstay. And it was a great play for Davidoff because if you wanted to be a point of merchant, you had to carry like the Zeno line, the Avo line, and the um, uh, Griffin and whatever. But when you were getting close to uh, a point of merchant status, if that's what you were chasing, and that was part of the infrastructure you were trying to build within your retail store, you got to Avo. And all of a sudden, like, other brands were, were were capturing shelf space. Avos started to struggle a little bit. So they went to these limited edition Avos, really. They were the first ones to really kind of, and I could be wrong, but I think there was some other brand I'm not thinking about right now to magnify that. And they became, the driving force for ABO was these limited editions. They came out with, like, and it was based around his birthdays, right? And the Yep. Piano. yep. And the well, last- they
0: just retired it this year. They're just retiring it this year, it, they said. What retiring? What the Abo birthday series?
2: Oh, okay, so or anniversary. Well, they just called the anniversary series if they wanted to. But so anyway, so um, and then you have you know so so let's put that in one bucket. So I don't. I came out with four lines in freaking three years, right? And well, it was two point four years. Maybe call COVID, right? So that's a lot to swallow from a young company yep my whole goal i I joke i'm like we're a legacy brand we're just not on all the legacy shelves yet right so you know uh one of the things is i want you to get to know my brand have some kind of consistency so when i come in and i tell my story over and over again what i love the most is when i come in and i do an event and i walk everybody through my line of cigars when we're doing an event what the consumer And that sales associate hears me say the same things over and over again. I try not to give you more than three points on each line of cigar that I have. Mm -hmm. And I go back in a month, two months, or three months later, and I'm hearing them saying that same repeatable story. And I'm hearing my broker say the same repeatable story. That's what gets me excited. I need to be a horse in the stable of the consumer. If I'm a horse in that stable of that consumer, that consumer is gonna drive that retailer for me to be you know, in that stable of that humidor. I think limited editions or a value brand that's too early, I, I think can create confusion. Um, these people that do that, whether you like them or not, they've done a good job of what's new, what's hot, what like these small batch things and everything else. That's a lot of effing work. I mean, it's an unbelievable amount of work it's a tremendous amount of work for me working with one factory right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and also I want to get brand consistency and brand remembrance or, you know, so the reason we're going to do another, a limited edition next year is because we accidentally built one our first year. We didn't build it. It's like blue ocean theory. Oh, we should do this all the time. Right. People that come out with limited editions all the time are the same like retail are experiencing, hey, we should do, they do their first event, right? And it knocks it out of the ballpark. They're like, oh, instead of every month, we should do one every other week. Okay, you're, 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 you're pushing the line here. Oh, we should do one every week. No, you're, you're going to drown it out. People are going to get new disease. They're going to get, they'll just make it to the next one. I, I think that there's a place for them but not all over the place. Like I'm coming out with 500 boxes. Right. So how are we going to package that? And the other things that that's, uh, um, that's coming to fruition, but that's it. Now do I have some other special projects that are going on? Uh, Not really collaborate collaborations, but like, yeah, am I doing stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I got, I got uh, at least one and maybe three that will happen next year. And, you know, we've said both sides have said yes on two of them. But there's still some finalizations that that need to be done. Um, so much for, so that I had to go out and procure tobacco outside of the normal range of the the library of tobaccos I have access to. So uh, I believe there's a place for them, but not to drown the market with them. It's um, so. If, if you look at, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know I'll mention one name because I've been a fan of him from the beginning. If you look at soccer, Right. and you look at his portfolio for the first time, it could be confusing. Very, yes, I agree. It could be confusing, but if you pay a little bit of attention to it, um, it's digestible and you understand it. I, I would agree with that too. And also, he's very conscious of that and actually has a training program that he uses behind the scenes. He does a great job with that. My son
0: work retail as part of that program, yeah.
2: Yeah, so... You, you, and we're coming out with a training program too, so we're coming yeah. out. With, it's just like yeah. what gets done first? Yeah, press releases. No, <laughs> uh, um, no. So I, that that's what's important, and um, you know, you come out with a limited edition, and it knocks it out of the ballpark. It, it, now you you put pressure on the rest of your brands, right? Uh, you do a limited release. And it fucking shits the bed. You're putting pressure on the rest of your brand. So it's and everybody has a different philosophy and have, has a different source of energy uh, of where they put their time into. So, am I a fan of it? Yes. Do so I think it needs to be of your? It's not going to be a part of our core competency. Right. At this point, does that make sense? So. Yeah. So you said some things I like. I heard. Got to be balanced. It's gotta okay. be, it Has to have a balance, like your, like your cigar. It just mm-hmm. should have a balanced approach to bringing attention to your brain.
1: You
0: said something, though, that really hit home with me, and I like what you said. I had to go procure tobacco outside the tobaccos I had available. Right. So that's telling me you're putting some real thought into this as opposed to something that is in the factory that I could just slap Ellie on tomorrow. And that's been my big complaint about a lot. Well, I'm getting this fucking tobacco. I wish. I... <laughs> right. But, but, but still I, I can say, all right. There's, it sounds like you're putting, you're putting some thought into this. um. Where I just think lately it's, there's a lot, a lot of that not going on anymore.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's what I was, you know, you know, if you go back to the Colorado and the Habano, like I do, you know, and I'm like the amount of effort that we put into those blends, it was really like the four of our blends right. with different wrappers and right. different percentages. Uh, I don't want to be perceived as a lazy blender, you know? So, um, you know, and that confusion happened and it, we went down the route that I was afraid that was going to happen when we did it the way we did it. So, you know, the Colorado, I, I wanted to have a Colorado wrapper over top of Nicaraguan tobacco and I was never had the opportunity to do it before. And I off the Colorado wrapper that shade, And I wasn't confident enough that we could have a consistency in that color to call it a rosado, and then it actually fell into the storyline too of the St. Francis and Frank and being Frank involved with that, and he went to the Air Force Academy, yada yada yada. Right. Habano. If I was smart, I wouldn't have named it fucking Habano, even though that's what's that's part of the tobacco. Uh, because if we try to take that, because the Habano and Colorado would be two tolerable blends that would, I think would work overseas, which we're definitely looking at. And that's a whole nother. Habano is going
0: to be tricky for you overseas, though.
2: That, that's that. I, that's the long way of where I was getting to it. Like, yeah, what are we going to call it? We call it natural. Natural. Yeah. We, yeah. Whatever. So we're going to like be every other fucking American natural or or, yeah. or, or or new world natural that's out there. Yeah. So there's some thought in that, too. So, yeah, I mean, we're making mistakes, but. Yeah, but limited edition takes a lot of time and effort for return. You got to. I'm spending so much time getting on shelf space right now, and even though we have, you know, if 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 you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And if right now we're not in all the territories that we need to be, because we're not in all the shelves of the territories that we're con- that we're focused on right now, how can we worry about Europe? And how can we worry about LEs? You know. I, there's people that still have not smoked the dedication, mm-hmm. or 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 the super, right, let alone right. The habano, the habano. So, and then I'm coming out with a fifth line. Yeah, it's crazy. But we're going to do it because you have to. But we're not coming out with a bunch of lines just to come out with them. And yes, we need growth. We want growth. We want ca- We need cash flow. We want cash flow. We're extremely freaking hungry. We're so goddamn hungry, but we're patient too. This is it. Most of my life savings, I say my, me and my wife, my family's life savings is in this a hundred percent of my time is spent on this outside of my, you know, finding time to spend time with my family and
0: stuff. I see it. Yeah.
2: So it has, you have to get, listen, this is the first time I'm being an entrepreneur and you know, most, most entrepreneurs are, of, of, Fucked up in their late 30s and 40s, and sometimes their 20s a couple times, but because I've been around the industry for so long, th- there needs to be less error, right? And when you have the business acumen of, of of Frank, my partner in the background, watching those, you know, the, the P's and Q's and dotting the i's and crossing the T's and making sure our numbers look good and our paperwork looks good, uh, and all those things, and getting all the licenses and all the states, it, it, it's a tremendous amount of work, you know. So make sure that we're putting our effort in the right place. That's going to be a sustainable growth. I, uh, I like, I like that. So I like that approach. So we'll see. And just my, I, and I hope that, uh, that people understand the hustle that, that our company and our culture that we're growing right now is a part of that. And, uh, they see that and we continuously make better brands and, Surprise people with how good we are, and how, how good our brand is, and how good our cigar is. So
0: I, I like that
2: because like, I and I think limited editions could compete with all the other part of the business actually Yep. Well, no, I'm, I'm all in part of let's throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what works. But it, that can't be your final part of your structure. Would you take the mark? you no, have li- you get to put your business hat on. Yep. And-
0: yeah, and there are some very good ones out there. It's going to be kind of funny when I do my year-end list because there's some very high-ranking ones this year, right? And I've been kind of on this, you know, beating the regular production thing, but I haven't excluded limiteds um, because I do think there are some very good ones out that have delivered good flavor. So limiteds good- are not going to go away. No, they're not going to go away. The amount of them will go away. I think that I hope I hope it happens.
2: But paying attention to it, like if nobody knows who your fucking brand is. Which is most of North America for me right now, right? And you're going to come out with a limited. People still think Solamente is a regular production. I've been sold out of that for a freaking year. <laughs> you, you follow get to know my brand and they go, oh, oh, I had that Solamente. All right, well, you're in a fucking time warp. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let me stick one of these other cigars in your mouth. Uh, you know what I mean. So that was. Yeah, and we're not right. gonna walk away from that because that wasn't some like super secret magic or or uh or tobacco that's hard to get. Like I, I even think I said it the first time on your show, it wasn't some beautiful
0: No, uh, you said it was an accident.
2: A donkey's <laughs> ass out uh, right. in the field somewhere. It's just yeah. right, right. The blanks to be the vintage of the tobaccos are gonna be different, different there to grow because a different year they're growing because those, those Solamente's were rolled in 2017. These Solamente's that are coming out next year were rolled in February of this year. So, see what
0: I mean? So, yeah, no, it, uh, but I think the market is ready for that too because people have heard of that cigar, you know, mm-hmm. too. Who may not, and you know, obviously they've asked for it. So, it's kind of I think you're ready to do that right now, you know, you know. So I think I think it, there's something a little more special about that. And not, what I like doing is I I do like comparing the vintages. I think that's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, well, we're going to put 23 on it because that's the year that we're going to call it Solamente 23, and then Solamente 24. So, so we have a three year plan for that right now. So, uh-huh. Solamente 24, So, because that's the year that it's going to be released. Yeah. Uh, and the story behind that tobacco will change a little bit about when we got it and all that. And you want to do a micro dive, it'll come in when people smoke them and do a comparative analysis. But, yeah, you know, I don't want that to be distracting from our core brands that, that make us, you know. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, when, when I was at uh, CIO, we had all these brands, and the Maduro was taking off, and I, I came in just as Maduro just left uh, Cheese Bear in Costa Rica, went over to uh, Nick or whatever. And all our lines are up and running, you know, this is about the time the America came out, and every month I look at the numbers, and I go, gold was always that mild cigar. Right. It was 35% of the numbers. I don't remember selling one fucking gold in any of the conversations <laughs> I was in, but it was part of the numbers, right? So that was an anchor, and the ability of what we did with gold gave us the ability to do all these other things. Now I didn't know all the financial. I, I know what it cost to make a cigar back then, but I didn't know if if, if John was borrowing money to pay for this, do this, and buy tobacco. All that that that, that was that him and Tim and Eileen and maybe Mike Connor. And all the only people that knew those numbers. Uh, but the, the fact that it is is that was a freaking big-ass workhorse that gave us the ability to do all these other things as well.
0: Yeah, and you guys came out with some cool limiteds like the Battaglia and stuff, I remember. Yeah, but was so, – right. There were real special ones when they came out.
2: And there was a market for that. And guess what? We never did anything that was over the top. So, right. Uh, so, Mick, how many boxes could we slam dunk sell and then run out of when people – and, and be ready for our next one. You know, th- there was a number that was equated to that. where right. I, I could make like we're going to have 500 boxes of Solamente. Those will be gone in 12 phone calls. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, what, and, and I want those sold before we get to the show. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, I know there's a whole thing: don't sell before the show and all that stuff. And we're going to adhere to that. And we're all about the PCA, but we're we're also too young to come out with a PCA exclusive.
0: I, right. I agree. And I
2: agree with that, too. Uh, to, to come out with an exclusive. And, and, and for MPCA and would probably say the same damn thing. You know, like, don't you know, it's, it's you got to take care of yourself before you take care of others. Right. So uh, m- make sure that we grow our brand so we buy a bigger booth and a sexier booth. Like Our booth was the same as last year. It's funny. I think Charlie said our booth was smaller. No, it wasn't. It was the same two fucking lame backdrops that we had the first year. We did not have a sexy booth first year and we did not have a sec- sexy booth last year. And we knew that because w- we budgeted our money the way we budgeted our money. Right. Next year, we have to scale it up a little bit. Are we going to scale it up a lot? No. We're going to scale accordingly to how our brand grows, right? Yep. So put in perspective, the first day of the show this year, we beat last year's number as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's like beating the world's tallest magic, let's put it, in, you know, obviously, because we it was our first full non-COVID-ish year, right? Right. Yeah. Most protocol had dropped. The second day of the show, we beat last year's show numbers. And we were so ecstatic at last year's show numbers. And we got our, we got our ass whooped by people commenting on our booth. But we knew that was gonna come. Sometimes you have to be able to take the heat and spend your time and money in the right places to grow your company. Yeah, and the yeah. time you put in, you know. So,
0: yeah. By the way, Mickey, my comments on—I I did call out a few booths. It was not your booths, just you know. There were a couple of booths that were a real mess. Oh uh,
2: well, you did, or you didn't. I wasn't pissed about that. I, we knew. We yeah, were, yeah, it was. We weren't, they, we, we weren't offended. Like, no,
0: well, it wasn't you guys. There was there was some really. Bad booze this is what I was say. Yours was yours was more of an economy yeah. of scale. Booze is what I was our, saying.
2: Our, ours was pretty much at the bottom. But so. Nobody,
1: nobody, nobody skipped buying from you.
0: Nobody skipped by and said. Nobody said that all Saints booze was a mess. I did not hear that once. Right? <laughs> I can tell you, there's a couple of booze that were that I heard this from. Like, did you see this booze? It looks like it looked like a shanty town. So it wasn't you guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had the two backdrops. Uh, a, a casting couch for porno at a high top and in a regular, like, like a, like yeah. a, like a retail event. Table. Yeah. That's going to change next year. But yeah, uh, but we knew that we were going to get our balls busted out. But whether you said it or not, or the general. Yeah,
0: no, there were comments I made about booze, but I just want you to know it wasn't that wasn't
2: one of the ones I was referring to. And you know what, Coop? The, uh, we weren't offended. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Because We spent the right amount of money at that show, right? Now we got to amp it up. It's like the more money you make, the more attention you get. The more you, you're gonna listen. Now we got to tuck in our shirt. Now we got to make sure our shirt is pressed. Now we (laughs) have right, exactly. Maybe now we can buy our shirts from you know someplace else besides you know what you know. I mean, like, yep, bad analogy, but you see what direction I'm going in? Exactly. Basically, it's where you are going to put your time and energy in to help grow the brand? What's the most important thing? Nice. Agree. So LAs can be distracting to a a new...
0: I I agree. I like the answer I heard tonight. That was a good answer. It it gave me some confidence. (laughs) That's good. All right, Aaron, anything else we want to add on this?
1: Uh, I mean, I could talk on this for a long time because I have all kinds of different theories and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think couple things that you see is different is you kind of have your social media kind of smokers and they love that what's new kind of stuff because they have no attention span whatsoever Um, and then you have your like the people that actually spend money on cigars which are people that's that do buy core lines and you know buy you know stick to brands and buy boxes and stuff like that so you have to kind of know your know your audience and i think a lot of the companies that do cycles of le's uh kind of live in that social media spaces for their customer base because that's how people kind of get to know you faster um, until you can get into those shops where then you be, you become the, the regulars of the regulars. So um, I think it's kind of just based on some, a bit of timing and, and things like that. But um, I also think some brands just don't like, you know, if they don't, they don't have a good relationship with the factory or they don't own their own factory, uh, it can become tough for them to, I think, keep the consistency, of the blends over time with the tobacco and things like that, based on who they're sourcing everything from. Um, so the tobacco in the, I think, in, in can be a big part of how much you have available to you in regards to be able to keep a keep a blend going long term. So how far out you can purchase, how much you can keep inventory, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's a tough thing to have to deal with. So that can that can partly be it as well. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Go I ahead, click on on developing palettes. Like I, I'm trying to do a lot of like old core line stuff because we mostly review new stuff. So like I'll do like on my Friday reviews, I'll do like uh like original core line stuff from so you know some brands. So like all the Aliva, you know, Siri O's, Siri Vs, Siri Gs, things like that, you know, um stuff from other brands that are like you know, long-term core line stuff, just because I think people uh that you know are always looking at the reviews for the new stuff they kind of forget that you know some of the old stuff that's still out there can score a lot better than some of the new stuff that's out there so that's don't forget that you can that's always you know there's a ton of cigars that you can always go to and know like this has been around for a long time because it's good and you can still yeah. smoke it and a lot of times the pricing is even better than the new stuff that's coming out so yeah. you can forget that you can smoke well And probably smoke cheaper you know by going to the things that's been out there for a while so yeah if you could put together a good core line you know i'm all i'm all for it like yeah that's a great thing but and i know that it's i know that when you're like when you're a young company like your social media base does not that's not kind of not their smoking style so it's hard to get somebody hooked on something and like that's they're gonna focus on that like maybe it's just not the the current smoking environment for that social media base. But like I said, the the shop regulators, that, that's by your target probably.
0: Yeah. You know, the add on what Aaron said is when I started moving away from reviewing small batch stuff and went to more core stuff, um, I saw I saw it, the short term, the short, the small batch stuff will give me a short term hit, but it won't give me long term sustainability. So what I find is when when core lines are reviewed and, and core lines are sustained in the market, people keep going back to those reviews is what i find mm-hmm. and i think it's been a big difference in my traffic this year um that change i made which was about 18 months ago i mean i'll still throw some in from time to time but you know if, if a cigar is like 100 boxes and it's one and done it doesn't really interest me as much um i'll be honest i was asked to review the lfd nft cigar and i, I don't want to review it because it's like too short a lifespan i might review it i should say yeah there's is-
1: yeah, the, the it's people buying it. it. I should say don't it's hard, to, read, read hard reviews, to get it. Right?
0: It's a hard, yeah. People <laughs> buying it are not reading reviews. It's hard to get it. May give me some, but I guarantee you, it's not going to get me what um, the original, uh, the original Andalusian Bulls is getting me. Uh, yeah. But I'm seeing exactly. that, and I looked at the numbers, and it makes sense. What Aaron said, kind of go back to some of these other core lines, which I try to do through the Agile series, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just find it's much more successful. I'm, ha- and I think it's given. You know, like I said, it if the brand has legs and you build a good core brand, people going to keep going back and reviewing, reading that stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's people today like are, are experiencing my cigar for the first time. We've yeah, been yep. up three years, three years is not a long time. So it's like, Yeah. and um, if you look at some of the stuff that people are reviewing or these younger reviewers or young people that just start this, not even trying to be an influencer, yeah. trying to take a cigar they really enjoy and put it in a really good yeah. cool photo because you acknowledge yeah. them. Yep. These are cigars that have been around for years. For for them, it's the first time they're having it, and I think why you know establishing your core brands are are, are very critical. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look at fucking Padrone. How many lines do they have? Yeah, many lines? it's it's true. (laughs) It's true. In fact, yeah,
0: it's true. Um, and it gets like I just, I just, uh, even though I just reviewed the Padrone ninety five, I have uh, the Maduro coming out tomorrow you know, it's part of family reserve line, which has been around for a long time. Right. So, you know, maybe a different size, but that's okay. The, the line's got a lot of legs to it. So that's a limited, that makes some sense to review.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, um... yeah.
0: I'll know Mickey, like in four or five years, when I see people going back for a St. Francis review or something like that, then I'm going to know like really yeah. how to, the impact yeah. of that And I, I've seen, I've seen the numbers go up over the years, even though maybe it didn't get numbers early on, they go up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, and that's what that, those are, you know, the, those are, we don't build them. We're not building a brand. So it goes away, you know, no. later, that's going to happen. Yeah. And, and you know what? It needs to happen. If you're not growing your company, if it doesn't happen, you're not growing your company. I just wanted to be more later than sooner. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: I I, I agree. I, I think the approach you take in it is really good. At uh, like I said, really just um, su- that foundation is going to be valuable for you down the road. We're going to put this time, money, and
2: energy into something. What's this? You know, we always look at me and Frank look at what's the sustainability of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's I mean, the sustainability of that brand? Yeah. What type yeah. of effort do we put behind it? Yeah. Outside the fact of what we put into the tobaccos and the blend and the architecture of it, yeah. or you know, or, or the design of it, you know, so
0: it's true, it's true,
2: it's exciting, and it's fun, scary as fuck though.
0: Yeah, no, it very... it's very. If it was
2: easy, everybody would do it, right?
0: Right, exactly, so. exactly. So that's good.
2: No, I love these questions. This is great. So uh, gives me a chance to, you know, talk about how I believe and what our company is and why we're gonna be yeah. around, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think it's important too, you know. Um, and that's what you know, we look for guests, that's what we try to do. You know, it's not like there's some guests that we know we can't have those conversations with. So, you know, we've already interviewed you, I gotten to know you and I know these conversations we could have tonight.
1: Uh
2: which was and I which think was, I'm pretty transparent. I'll tell you when we screw the pooch and Sometimes I don't know we screw the pooch yet, but let me know. And you know, I if, you sure. if you didn't,
0: if that doesn't happen, then you, you know it we it happens to everybody. Yeah. So yeah, everything can't be roses all the time,
2: um, but it's nice when it is.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, all right. So we're going to bring the show to a close right now, Mickey. I want to thank you very much. Thank our audience who I'm hung just in there. Up.
2: We don't have another segment.
0: Bear Bear is not on tonight. <laughs>
2: Uh, does, he, does he keep it rolling? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> he would keep it, he could keep it rolling for a long time. Uh, wow, where's Barry today? uh, I don't know where he is tonight. He's probably prepping for his show Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's train. still,
1: he's, a, he's still on with soccer right now. Wait,
0: he, yeah, he's still on. <laughs> well, he I, didn't I, let the show <laughs> from three nights ago. Yeah. That was a that was a that was it wasn't as bad as uh I thought, but the time that time went fast with soccer is what happened. Uh and then the after shows where when I got really tired. I'm like, oh man, we're we're we we're, we're close. Yeah.
2: Do we have an after show after this?
0: Uh that depends if you want. <laughs> so that's good.
2: I love, being, I, love, I love being on your stage, Coop.
0: No, no, we appreciate it. I like I said I was glad to get you on. I'm glad we were able to work out the time. Um so uh just programming note for next Thursday show, we have Fred Rui from Illusioni Cigars. Um, I, I should have bought the, the most
2: boring interview to like one of the funniest interviews you're gonna have.
0: Well, I I will have a McRib. I should have got one tonight, but I will have the mac rib for next Thursday. If, you
1: know, are we I'm all Fred. eating McRibs? ribs? Are we gonna coordinate that with Fred? Or what are we doing? We'll have to coordinate that with Fred if you want to get a McRib. rib. Right. Yeah, I may, I may. If we could coordinate, I'll coordinate. I'll,
0: I'll talk to Fred on that. I'm all sure.
2: Right. Yeah, if you if Fred Fred doesn't his, want to do it, he, he wants to do a segment. You've ever met. In your
0: <laughs> he wants to talk about bad fast food too. Actually, so he asked me we could talk about. It. I said, yeah, we could definitely do that. So we have a segment we could put that. right right It's A great
2: uh, segment for guys that, for the road warriors because we have
0: yeah.
1: All the time. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. my my diet is uh bananas, beef jerky, yeah. diet mountain dew.
1: All right. Yeah. New new PCA seminar is road reps. You get like 30 different things. Like somebody has to pick 30 things from like a gas station. And they, these guys got to put together like the best meal out of these things
0: See, that would think? be all aw- that would be awesome this Aaron the PCA you, you should charge them for this advice but you're giving it to them I, I for would. free
1: yeah I know I but that, okay. that
0: how cool would that be it, yep. it's just exactly it goes back to what Mickey was saying earlier about some of the reps. you know Mickey yep. you you actually give me more of an appreciation for some what some of the reps do tonight hearing that by the way what you were talking
2: about tonight no what they ought to do for the reps they should have a fucking time management class because one of those- <laughs> <laughs> Go go to eat first <laughs> <laughs> no, I love them. Some of them just don't know. Once you once you tell them, they're like, "Oh, okay." Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if they did it, if they had did a time management class, they should do it for everybody. If they did a time and like I, I was gonna bring it up, when, I was gonna bring it up with Scott when I was on PCA, like do a class in time management because one of the things uh, I want to do with my brokers is at a PCA, see. I, I try to treat my brokers as much like a direct rep as I possibly can. Mm. You can only go so far, right? That's yeah. that beast. Right. But what if like a value add, Hey, listen, uh, can you give me an hour and a half of your time? When you come in, I want to schedule, i bring all the brokers to the same room. I'm going to have some guys to teach you how to do, uh, I'm going to bring my guy in and, and teach you uh, very basic social media things to do. And then how to work with those algorithms. Right. There's certain things like I get yelled at if I do too much stuff at one point or over here because of whatever, or do a time management. I'm like, what if I had a guy that would teach my guys how to block time blocking or or also time management, whatever approach you take to it. Like so do that. The efficiency model of these guys, and these are disciplines that aren't hard to incorporate yourself. So at PCA, I'm, I'm going to bring in one like old guys. When I was in the financial world, the hundreds of thousands of dollars they spent on us on, to do presentations and time management was unbelievable. Oh, but yeah. There wasn't a reason they didn't do it because it effing worked, right? <laughs> and you can treat, you can teach an old dog new tricks on some of these time, like, oh, shit, I'm already kind of doing that. Why don't I do it this way in a more formalized approach? I don't know. So,
0: to tack on what you said and what Aaron said, I would do the class, but then I'd have an, actually a competition
2: where they, uh, you, 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 listen. You, you're a fucking freak of nature, by the way. Like, <laughs> like I try to like put times like whenever all my favorite shows are coming up and then like, right. well, I'm like, screw the jukebox, screw the baseball shit. You know, I put you in for 10 o'clock every Thursday. I know I can get I can get cooped, you right. Know?
0: No, but I mean I would love to see a competition with, with the reps in time management. And and it's you do a
2: competition, you're talking about like a presentation. Teach them we'll, time.
0: Well, teach them that, but then you have after they've learned after
1: they, learned,
0: then after they, they come they back learn, and
1: you find the most efficient rep.
0: You find the most efficient you do a practical exercise with them afterwards.
2: Yeah, you'd have to coordinate CRMs and all that other stuff. It's like what well, we need to do, we need a CRM. Because my CR my CRM well, dude, is my, I, is my, I, my calendar. I,
0: there, there is one company that I know is exceptional with their CRM right now for a small company.
2: Uh, what are you
0: talking about with the tobacco? Uh, both tobacco and 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 both on the production and and the distribution in this company, they're they're miles ahead of everyone else. I'll I'll, I'll say who it is. It's McAuliffe. They oh, are Dan they Dan are said, far yeah. they are they are leading the pack, lapping everyone else in that size company right now.
2: Yeah, Dan and I have not had that formal conversation. We just talked. We talk about. Well, we don't talk. We, we, yeah. we maybe once physically, but it's like texting. Like we we're texting before. Yeah. The yeah. But th- there's a reason why that because they're taking that that business acumen from the two the the two dollar bill company. I call them the two dollar bill company, uh, which is a, a compliment. You know that story, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and incorporate that. And one of the things I, I I tell my brokers, especially the new young ones that I know are going to last because they bust their freaking balls, like Tommy Klein, Mike King, and some of these other guys that are out there uh, is, uh, and I'm not afraid to say their names. I know other people are going to try to jump on their ship and I've seen it. You know, Oliver uh, is another great guy to talk about this because he believes in it too. He came from another supermodel. Yeah.
0: Too. Yeah. He is great.
2: Model backgrounds. So I'm like, and then I was talking to one guy. thinking about becoming a broker, and he's a he's a he's a big swinging dick at, at a big swinging uh, retail shop. And I said, ask your freaking reps, especially from the bigger companies, what's their protocol? What are they held, What standard are they held to by their managers? And that's your baseline, right? So there's a reason. And any sales guy that says that this is a pain in the ass to keep track of this shit, you don't want that motherfucker working for you. Right? Yeah. Those are a scapegoat. Like, Jesus, I was just, I just talked to Coop two weeks ago. No, I didn't. You look at your CRM. I didn't talk to, I didn't talk to Coop. It was four months ago. <laughs> oh, shit. Last time I talked to Loomis, are you kidding me? Was at the PCA show. But because you had such impactful conversations, the good news is you had such an impactful conversation that that helps the timeline before you have that next face-to-face or that next impactful conversation, right? but you need to know what you've done to be in front of these people. And there's so many other things that helps you do. So, um, yeah, I think it would be how you have a competition with that. I don't know, but yeah, what, what, what Dan and, uh, those guys are doing over there. I think is fantastic. And to take a big ass ship like they were doing and be able to turn and adapt to where they needed to be from where they thought they should be. Kudos to those guys, you know? That, yeah. that's a, that's a brand. and when i'm going around and i see that brand when I saw it nowhere three years ago now i'm seeing it everywhere after they turn that ship that there's an impact on there
0: oh, i agree i agree i you, you can't move it overnight but i think they're the, the direction they're going in yeah
2: they they, they, they fixed it pretty effing and quick Lo.
0: they did they did they fixed the it like, faster than
2: I thought yeah own big boss like his big boss al and you know if somebody says to al like you know like Like Dan or something, we need to move this goddamn ship and we need to move it fast. And they do it, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's impressive.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. So yeah. Good stuff. We went from McRib to that. That was interesting. (laughs) I love a good. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that's a pedo of me
2: growing up in Daytona Beach, Florida.
0: So, uh, yeah, we'll have Fred on next week, and I'll confirm with him uh, if we'll have McRibs. But we'll we'll definitely be doing a fast food segment with him. I know that. So, all right. Uh, Mick, you want to thank you again. Thanks for your time. Mm -hmm. Great show. Uh, Hopefully, I'll catch up with you soon. Uh, When you're in the area. just let me know. Yeah. And uh, audience, thank you again for hanging in there. Uh, For folks who uh, appreciate it. Uh, and go Phillies. We'll see what happens (laughs) Saturday. Let's get to Sunday. Let's get to that. Let's have that game
2: seven. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and one game at a time. So I know it's cliché, but all right.
2: From having one to win to two to win. So
0: yeah. Now we have to on the road. So uh, look, we're we're playing deep November baseball. I guess is the positive. But this this was a heartbreaker tonight. That catch, McCormick's catch, is gonna be uh long remembered. So great defensive play. All right, guys, we'll see everybody next week. Take care, everybody.
2: See you guys.